today we are recording from Montreal, Canada. Yeah, who do we have with us today? Oh yeah, come on, Yo, bro, close bro. the door. Come on. Oh man, look at that, what a great start. Alright, so... That's true. So, today's episode is kind of special. We are doing a film room episode, and we are looking at Connor Bedard. Well, because he is an okay prospect, and I feel like if we're going to start talking about prospects, we should probably start talking about the best one first. It's not just about Connor Bedard in this game. No, this game actually is awesome. So we're actually watching a game live while we record. And also, we are for the record, I'm Riley. Oh yeah, this is uh, from the Real Housewives podcast. Yeah, I'm Evan. And I'm Stu. Part right. of the Real Housewives crew. Yes. You doodly doodly doo. Yeah, if we were on Discord, I would have given us an air horn right there. No, triple air horn. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what's up, Riley. You know what's up. All right, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so uh, bringing Evan on the episode today was kind of, uh, that was definitely the main idea, but uh, getting the other two on was pretty good too. So, uh, but why did I want Evan? Well, he's got the first overall pick in our fantasy league. So, uh, unless he has a uh, brain injury between now and June, he will be taking Connor Bedard first. Wait, overall. wait, Evan, are you going to take Connor Bedard first? We'll see. So, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be taking Fantilli, right? You are? Well, predicated oh, on, on if I take Bedard. No, no, no. no. So, 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 I'm going to be taking Fantilli, right? We'll see. So, I will be taking Fantilli. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Don't you want to compete in like three years? Then that business got me. Are you Arizona? So, you're saying you won't be able to compete in three years with Fantilli? I think I'll get to compete next year more with Fantilli. We'll get to be in year two with him, too. <coughs> and well, who even knows if Mishkov's going to be here in year three? You never know. But we're I'm not so talking about him. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're talking about Ghana Badad. Or as you, uh, what do you guys say it better than me, actually? Ghana Badad. Ghana Badad. Yeah, yeah, that, there you go. Ghana Badad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did a good job. Ghana Badad. Yeah. Ghana you guys, You guys just both do a better <laughs> Bostonian accent than me. You could do better New Yorker. I, I got Boston for us. Yeah. I got Boston for us. Speaking here on the screen, we can see uh, Carson Bjarnason, number 31 for the Brandon Weekings. Top tier man. He is, uh, he's going to be a top probably 90 pick in this year's NHL draft. Yes, sir. Can't say I'm, uh, I'm going to be able to give a scouting report on any goalies this year because I, you know, squatted on goaltending. I, I, if you stop the puck, you're good. If you let it in, you're bad. And, uh, it's kind of hard to base goalies off that metric because they, they allow a lot of goals in. Alright. Stuart and I, our father has a, a joke school of goaltending uh, where goalies show up and he goes, stop the puck. There's one rule. That's yep. Huey Davis. And if you ask him any questions, he responds back to you with, stop the puck. So if I'm a goalie and I say, hey, I want to go play this puck, but what do you think I should do? Are you going to stop it if it comes back to you? Stop the puck. It's so hard not to just stop and watch Bedard sometimes. Like it takes a lot of self-control for me not just to be like, what's Bedard doing right now? What's really fun is the, the prospect I think I've gotten to see the most up close, most in like a consistent period of time, has to be Sam Bennett. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say the same thing in my life. Stu? Probably Sam Bennett as well. <laughs> and like, he had these flashes of what you can see the plays that Bedard does. Like flashes of it in a game. Bedard is just every shit. Yeah. Every, every, yeah, like constant throw. Well, the other thing I would say with Sam Bennett was that Sam Bennett, when he played in the OHL, especially in his draft year, 
he was he was a real like he was a perimeter oriented player at that point. He wasn't a I was maybe maybe it was just me, but I found he liked sticking around the perimeter, and he wasn't the guy who liked to get into the slot. He had one good dive move <laughs> into the middle. If you know the play I'm talking about, you'd come up like kind of run at the guy towards that blue line, like yep. he'd want to close it off, and he would dive in quick. So that was his one non-perimeter play. He made a lot of two on ones for Watson Krebs. Yes, that is true. That was his one like. I remember thinking that Spencer Watson, his uh, his line mate, he was one. I always thought he was going to be a good NHL player, but then he got taken in the seventh. Did play a bunch of AHL. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I lost track. Of yeah. That. He's still with. Isn't he in the ECHL? Okay. He was. Yeah, he was with Carolina's affiliate for a while. Okay. Kind of a great, grind player. Makes yeah. sense. I always like. I always thought he would have been a solid NHL player, but that's also because you know you watch an OHL team and you think the best like four players, five players, are all going to make the NHL. Well, I, think, I, I don't think, think Ben Rogers making it from this year. I don't think there's any players on Kingston's roster currently. Like Paul Levinsky. I love Paul. Paul Levinsky has the most potential. Outside of Levinsky, I don't know if there's anyone currently. Uh, there's some guys next year that'll be drafted. Goaltending? You think um, Ziggy? Zigalov is incredibly. Um, he's incredibly inconsistent, but he makes some absolute world class saves that make you just like shake your head and, and just so if you put a decent team in front of them, because you just admitted, not a great team, oh. you put a decent team in front of them, like, he looks a lot better, right, Ziggy? Yeah, I, I would say uh, when he's on his game, he's actually nearly unstoppable. And some of the saves he made were downright just ludicrous in the games that I saw. And, yeah, it hurt me to trade him, but, you know. Thank you. Yeah, what did I even, I don't even know what I thought. Martin Jones. No, I, it was, that was in the getting Martin Jones back trade. So I gave you two goals? Yeah. Alright, well, I'll start with something I do. <laughs> 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 you know what? After trading Luke Hughes for spare parts, I'm just gonna... Retire? I'm gonna did retire from trading for a few months. Did you enjoy your rental of Martin Jones? No, 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 don't retire. <laughs> don't retire. I want to make a deal with you. Jeez. Come on, I want, I want to make. I want to continue to make deals with you that this guy will be like, you got fleeced. You know, <laughs> you know I'm just gonna start making trades with people in the league that I haven't made trades with before, just to... Because anytime I make trades with people I know, they don't work. I mean, I'm not trying to fleece you. Oh, I know you're not trying to, but if, if I offer you a trade that is a fleece, you're, you're, you're not going to say no. Hey, question. You got snake oil that, that you need? Like, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, who's that? 47? Yeah. I don't think that's Manti, but that might be Manti. If it is, uh, that's uh, yeah. He's a big player. He's bigger than I thought he was. And that was good moves. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to check in now to make sure that isn't in fact Quinn Manti. It's 47, but it's not that many player. Yeah. So uh, anyone wondering who Quinn Manti is, he is a defender for the uh, Brandon Wheat Kings. He's kind of rated in that 100 to 150 range for this year's draft. Uh, that was not Quinn Manti. That was uh, someone else. Okay. That he's was number eight. Sadir Kang. Oh, yes, he or is. Or, sorry, I said that name wrong. Uh, Sad, Saturday. Sad, Saturday? Yeah, I yeah. how to say it. He, um, he plays on the line with Manti, so that's why I thought it might have been. But him. the reason why we, I gave a reaction there was he made two quite nice moves from the line to walk in and then passed it off like didn't wasn't able to get a shot. But yeah, two elusive moves. And he, he defensively, in this game especially, uh, he really stood out to me. Or at least his line with Manti really stood out. Oh, is that Bedard? That's Bedard. Oh, that's Bedard. There you go. 
Oh, it's the right speed coming in is just crazy. Did he, did he play that perfectly? The one guy made the tie up on the on the main entry, and then the other guy was right there with him on Juan Bedard's stick on stick. Yeah, agree, agree. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think Bedard comes into the league and really struggles. Like, there's no part of his game that I look at and I say, like, oh, he's not he's not elite at this. Like, his he, compete level is 100% elite. It's just I find he does burn himself out after, you know, carrying the puck for a minute straight. And you'll see occasionally he will have some turnovers <coughs> where um, they do lead directly to goals, and that's because, you know, either three on three in, in overtime, I have not he tries to do a lot himself, and then he just puts himself in a terrible position. Well, when you have to puck more than anyone else, you're probably going to turn it over more than anyone I, else. I would Aaron be, Carlson this year. I would be... I, I would, exactly. I think it'd be safe to say that there are certain games that Connor Bedard played where he had more possession, like time on possession with the puck on a stick, than some of his teammates had ice time. I don't yeah. think that's... I don't even think that's... Uh... Well, when you're, when, you're, when you're as good as him, I think... Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's a one-man show out there. In the, like I, I the honestly, my, my biggest issue with watching Kingsbury this year was Paul Rubinsky needed to be more like that. Yeah, but he he's, not, he's not skilled enough to do that. No, he's not. So, but he still needed to do it more. He needed to shoot more. He was too fast, fast first. Which is basically why Chris Thibodeau had all of the, you know, he was essentially the one doing it all. Yeah. And when you're 147 pounds, you tend to get knocked off the puck a little bit easier than... Uh, than other guys, so. Although interesting to know, Chris Thibodeau will be available for next year's NHL draft, so he's a name to keep an eye on. You know what? <laughs> I I have been I have been beating the drum for Thibodeau since I want to say like November. Um, um, wait, I was gonna ask which drum are you beating? Is it yours, Fran? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I just took a page out of your book, there, Riley. I hope you're proud. Yeah, you're questioning who he's beating off. Maybe if Kingston exactly. had yeah. yeah, there you go. It's yeah. out of your butt. Yeah, no. Stu, can you repeat that point louder for the crowd? Uh, maybe if Kingston had a competent coach, Chris Thibodeau would be a, I don't know, second round pick. Are we are we really going to start denigrating Luca Caputi on the pod? Is that, is that... that That's kind of where we're headed. I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, I, hard, it's hard to apply for a job without making an opening. I. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, gonna say, how did Caputi ever even get that job? He played a little bit in the NHL, and then for, retired for, for an organization called the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Well, I know who he played for. He also played for Pittsburgh. <coughs> he, he he made his way around, but like, what made him an OHL coach? Oh, wanted to. Oh. Okay, well, that tracks, I guess. That, <laughs> like, well, I think also he has the right connections. He wanted to. And that Paul. McFarland decided in whatever it was, August, that he was going to ditch his GM coach job yeah. to go join the Seattle Kraken, which I don't I don't fault him at all. It's an NHL job. Fault uh, him? He's in all a playoff team that just won their first game. No, no, that's why I don't fault him. I will, I will. But know. it also, in August, it's really hard to hire a coach. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of end up with who you end up with. Like in in Colorado NHL uh, <coughs> world, when Patrick Waugh just quit on them randomly, they lucked out and got Jared Bednark. But most uh, <laughs> most teams in that situation end up with a coach that you question. Yeah, 
<coughs> Florida, Paul Maurice. Yeah, let's uh, let, different situation. Can we can we point out the massive issue there is in the NHL, which I think has been probably talked about that nauseum, but like can can there can we just start hiring some coaches that no one's heard of? Or some Europeans or just some fresh blood, please? Well, some of the European coaches are absolute donkeys. Have you ever seen that like you were that, that clip of um, Nathan Gerby talking about his coach and like the Swiss in the NLA? It was the funniest thing. I'm like, not talking about bringing a Swiss coach. No, like, bring I mean, you from, said Europe, right? So, so bring like, one from bring one from Sweden or Finland, like. No, but it's a different system. The ice surface is completely different, I man. I get it, but you can't tell style. me that like you can't tell me there are no good potential Finnish or Swedish coaches out there. Sergey Fedorov. That's the guy that needs to come to the NHL next. He's kind of been blackballed by Detroit. They don't want to bring him into their organization, but he has been running a really good KHL team for the past while. He's also creative and fun. Plays that, uh, who was it, the, the, the rule creator? <laughs> Roger Gilson. <laughs> he plays that kind of role for the KHL as well. Yeah. He is the guy who's next up and should be in next. So you want to talk about a new face? That's the one that I've heard. Mike Greer. Go I get just, Sergey Fedorov. I would just... I would just be happy to see it. Eric Braunberg has been the name that everybody has said is going to be the first European head coach in the NHL. Honestly, whatever team picks Mitchkov should just bring in Federer. Like, I know they never actually work together, but... The problem is you're bringing in Federer three years before Mitchkov even makes it. I'm not saying you have to do it next year. Okay, yeah, that's Who says they're hiring... Like, I just said he's blackballed by one team. But you're not bringing... But, like, if... The idea that like you bring in Fedorov to be with Mishkov. Yeah. You wouldn't want to like wait two years after drafting Mishkov to bring in Fedorov. Because then people would just be like, well, you were just waiting to fire the other coach. Yeah, but that happens all the time. Oh, I know it happens all the time. It's just not or an office just, If you sign a two-year deal, it expires this year. Columbus. He's an alumni. He's an alumni? You just open up a position? True. And you already have a European GM. You already have a European GM. Ooh, uh, he's been the GM there a long time, and uh, they haven't really had any success. I don't blame them. I think so he's ran a pretty good organization. That's no, good I, I don't. I'm saying he's had a bad uh, job. I think so too. Players, his but. second, his second year on the job, his two best players, the two best players in the organization went. See ya. Yeah. I bet he's. You know what? He's doing a really good job though. Like bringing Rick Nash to basically a mentor for Ken Johnson, and if, if you do the same thing, let's say they get Mishkov, you do him up with like Federer, I think that's a brilliant way. If those, if those guys are the most important players for your franchise for the next 10, 15, 20 years, do whatever it takes to have them be successful. That means success for the organization. And I mean, having brought in Johnny Goudreau, it's not like you can't bring in good players. It's not like it's not like you can make the argument that Columbus just isn't a good market. It wasn't. You it, can say that. It's I don't I don't think anyone would call Columbus a great market. Yeah. Even now with Goudreau being there in line A, potentially Bedard, it's, it's never going to be a top hockey market. Unless, I think they can, unless they can have 10 years of sustained success, which is really what you need to build a franchise nowadays. No, but I think well, the success will build the history and the provenance of the team, right? The reputation of the team. So yeah, it kind of goes in hand. It's, with cool. it's but building I will, a generation of fans. Can I just point something out? Yeah, like, I think that's a good way that you put it there. As, as a Jags fan, when you have a really, really, really bad team for a really, really, really long time, one season of being good is not enough for fans to A, believe it's actually long-term. That's the game by the way. Ooh, that was sexy. Hey, Daniel, excuse me. Yeah, sorry. Uh, well, I was just going to talk about Nashville, because for quite a while, Nashville were unpopular. People were like, we got to like lose this team. Nobody cares about hockey in Tennessee. And then they became good, and they made a Stanley Cup final. And now 
It's on like a top. It, it's on people's top ten lists for places you need to go see a game okay. because they they've created a culture where people actually want to go see hockey in Nashville so now. I'm gonna piggyback that onto my point of you built that first generation of fans, which are now bringing their kids. Which you know, <laughs> you build that generation of fans. That's the key. If you're, as you said, like a, a Jags fan, unfortunately. Not if, anymore. If you have these, they're good now. Oh, okay. Sorry. I things, thought, have, I, things have turned around. My apologies. I thought you were saying you're no longer a Jags fan. I will always be a Jags. That's fan. why I had. If my I suffered through that for 15 years, I am not not jumping ship. 15 years, you would have not gotten back. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I mean, how many years is that for you as a Leafs fan, too? I I taught him like Portal Leafs. Oh, I mean, if you watch the show, uh, what's that show with Chris and Don? Yeah, The Good Place. Yep. Yeah, he he yep. he's referenced many many times. I love when uh, was it was it Jason the character? Yeah. He he throws the bottle and it's like Molotov cocktails. Yeah, Molotov cocktail. And his challenge to get into like the ultimate heaven yeah. is to play against the Jags. Yeah. Man uh, failed spectacularly. FYI for spoilers. I stopped watching The Good Place after around season two or three, so kind of like uh, Prison Break. That, is that Manti? No, he's eight, right? He's number eight, yeah. Okay. So Manti has a few plays, not in this game, but just in general. Like you'll see him join the rush. His skating is actually pretty solid. Um, he's kind of—I don't—I have not really seen any analysts talking about him, which he plays on a bad team. They didn't make the playoffs. It, it doesn't necessarily make for a uh, great setup for a prospect, but he got first line minutes all season, and his team played really well every single time they played Bedard. So that will definitely uh, garner him some goodwill in NHL games. And if you're looking for a you know a fifth round pick that has potential to make it to the NHL, that that should really be all you're looking for with fourth and fifth round picks. So okay, I want to pose this question. Yeah. This is open to the room. And I know that you and I, like, the three of us were talking earlier about all the top-end skill, talent, but there's players with lacking one part of the game kind of thing that we were breaking down. We didn't, And we also talked about there's not that many that physical guys. Yeah. Is there that many guys that you think actually filled out bottom six kind of roles? Not scoring roles, like, like bottom six defensive roles, because otherwise, could you see a fair bit of this year ending up being, like, a Nick Batan vibe of, like, you can play top line limit, it's in the AHL, you were one of the better players in the AHL, but you have to play top six, like, NHL to have any success, your uh, bottom six is not, like, you know what I mean, if that role type of player? I'm trying to think of players outside of that, like, top consensus 32. Um, I guess two players that I've seen a lot of that I like, uh, Alex Ferrand out of um, Sudbury, he's kind of a big kid, doesn't have a lot of offense, but he plays a lot of penalty kill minutes. Um, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of Carson Rakoff from Kitchener. He's got a bit more He's a lot more of a dynamic skater. He's a bit more, a bit more to his game than Ferran. Did you watch <laughs> Kitchener versus? Uh, was it the, the upset? Oh, Kitchener. Yeah, they destroyed Windsor. Yeah, they. It was not even close. Did he have anything to do with that? Carson Rakoff. Yeah, yeah. He had yeah. a really good series. That's he, actually why I was kind of bringing him up. He actually had a really good series against Windsor. Uh, Hunter Bruschevich. I'm not sure if I'm saying yeah. his name right. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Good, really good series. Um, Philip Massar, <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, he was finally getting first line minutes. He got buried on the third line at Kitchener earlier, and uh, that made a lot of Montreal fans really pissed. 
because he could have just been in the like could have been in Laval getting 39 minutes, but no, uh, Kitchener, uh, Kitchener should not have been an eight seed. That is the best eight seed I've ever seen uh, in the OHL level. The amount of talent that team has is pretty incredible for how bad they played in the regular season. So I might be reaching back on your memory here, yeah. but uh, do you remember the matchups that their the coaches were rolling out at all? Yeah. Because um, you talked about him as a defensive guy, so I'm curious how he matched him up. Because we saw oh, this year, the Leafs in the first game, they tried to match up the bottom six in it. So the first line in the playoffs for Kitchener was, if I'm not mistaken, it was Pinelli and Arcuri. Curry was on the second line, because our Curry, oh, he's an interesting player. I was going to say, yeah, you can skip ahead of the, the commercials and stuff, but uh, no, so like Francisco or Curry, he's a really interesting player. Um, I think he's, if he's a player you have on your dynasty team, I would look to trade him. Um, his numbers in the OHL look really good. He's got a nice shot, but I wouldn't say it's the kind of shot that like, you can get off anywhere, anytime. He's kind of, he kind of reminds me of like a Samuel Hanzek where he needs to have elite playmakers and he needs to have space. And if he doesn't have that space, then he really struggles. Good power play guy? Great power play guy. <laughs> Great power yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah you, you, you give him power play space and it's like, okay. Like it's a power play scenario. Yeah, scenario. It's pretty much, like, that's you pretty much described oh. what, what, when he's best. Um, give him space on the power play, let him, you know, walk in, take a, take a step or two into a shot and just like, unleash it and it's dangerous. Oh, man. Oh, look at, look at Nate go. Look at I Danielson go, man. love Nate Danielson. That's a great game so far. I can't, really great moments. I can't, I can't understand how most scouts have him in the late 20s. Yeah. And there's a few that have him in the teens, and I'm like, I want to talk to the people that have him in the teens, because we clearly view players similar. I want to compare oh. you know, Let me ask you something, because I know oh, this is something that people have said about him. Yeah. In terms of like, his overall, like, like, point per game level, like, that output that he has this year, Nate Danielson, and like why it's not necessarily elite compared to the other guys in his draft class. Like, what do you have to say about that? Is Brandon just like not good, or is it um, just spreading out their are scoring? Are you saying that Nate Danielson did not have elite production? Because I would disagree with you on a. I'm not saying it, but I'm saying for people that have like brought, brought yeah, yeah, brought, like brought, I find it, you know, I find it interesting. Like, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. About I that. I don't understand how you could criticize Nate Danielson's production. No, no, I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying how anyone can. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Royal He is the best player on his team by such a wide margin. He also drives possession. Like, he's not a player who needs other skilled players around him to thrive. That's why, to me, he's so easy to project into the top six. Um, that being said, if his game doesn't, like, if he's kind of topped out and he only has some minor improvement in the next two seasons, he's so easy to project into a bottom six. Like, that's why if you're taking him in the 20s, it's one of those, like, there's there's no downside to the pick. If you're taking him in the teens, it's a little bit of downside. You mean I, risk, I would, I would say, though? Risk, yeah, I would say downside. Yeah. Risk. Um, there's, there's really no risk taking Nate Daniels, in my opinion, because you're getting an NHL player 100%. It's how good an NHL player is he going to be. What I'm seeing right now, from what I'm seeing in this game specifically, it looks like you dropped Fabian's at the end of the season's game. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So like like is Fabian Zetterlund incredible? No. Is that an NHL player? Yes. That's all I'm trying to say. And similar play style, except you're moving him to the middle. Exactly. Also, just to keep in mind, uh, he had 78 points in 68 games. <coughs> so it's 
not like he had a bad year. Also, he had 57 points last year in 53 games. So that's some minor improvement, but I mean, still improvement. And he had 15 points in 24 games in his first season. So he's played three full, uh, three seasons now in the WHL. He's almost a, he's been a point per game player in two of them, and almost as a point per game player when he was 16. One thing that a lot of people look at in football, and I know we're a hockey podcast, and I know we only talk hockey, but. I, I'm a big I, football fan, and I like to kind of cross. I, I, I like working in other sports too. Like Evan has an F1 background, I have a bit of an NBA background. Exactly. Stu's got a mixed bag. It's super fun. Yeah. So one thing with with uh, with fantasy football that you see a lot of, especially for the more in-depth fantasy football players, is you'll see something called a dominator rating, and it's 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 a metric that you see a lot of uh, analysts use to look at when did fan or when did college football players start to become high-level prospects, or when did they start producing in college? If a guy doesn't produce until he's 23, there's a good chance he was only producing in that last year because he was a much older than every, you know, everyone on the field, and he's more physically mature, he's been playing the game for five years, most mm-hmm. of the guys with less experience. Maybe opportunity as well by that point. A little bit too with opportunity, but um, when you see a guy producing at a high level in his first or second year in college football, same with, with you know CHL or any development to lead. If you're producing while you are the youngest of that, that tier, that is a really, really, really good sign for your development. Shane Wright, great example. Yeah, I mean, Shane Wright is, uh, he's a bit of an interesting player. I'm, I've kind of soured a bit on Shane Wright in the last few months. He's, um, but it's a great example of the, what I'm, what, yeah. of the, oh, the yeah. young age showing a good sign. Yeah, like there's no doubt Shane Wright's going to be a good NHL player. <coughs> I just don't think he's going to be what everyone thought he would be when he came to Kingston originally. But that's my point, though, is I think because of what he was supposed to be when he came to Kingston, that's why he was still a top five pick. Yeah, the thing with hockey is you have to be willing to change your opinions of players almost, you know, every two or three months. Because the development in the OA, like, the development at these these players' age is so crazy right now. Well, and it's it's been even crazier with the whole pandemic. Oh, players not playing, like, some players literally didn't play for, like, a year and a half. A really good example of the, the pandemic messing up the draft and scouting would be, I like last year's second round more than I like the first round. Like, there's a lot of players in the second round last year where I'm, I would be happier having them than I would be with a lot of first round. Well, look at the San Jose trade. Like, they picked up two guys who were picked during the pandemic, and both guys projected to be picked higher now than they would have been th- with their actual picks. So it is interesting how much of the shift of the new opinions have gone with these pandemic picks. Yeah, and I mean, just look at, like, last year's draft was probably the first draft we got back to kind of somewhat normalcy, but even then, you really only had the normalcy in that draft season. You didn't have any normalcy the year before, and most players who are going to be drafting the top 90 <coughs> have been playing in the CHL or the USHL for at least one or two seasons. If most have played for two seasons. Not common you see a guy play one year in the CHL and get drafted. At least get drafted highly. And now, actually, a funny example of it, Lucas Edmonds. Matt, He's Matt Kachuk. You, you get a few. Matt Kachuk? You definitely no. get a few players every single year who well, get drafted as over Edmonds is the weird, the weirdest one. He, he also came from Sweden. Though. Yeah, well, so that's a bit of a different. He's from Canada. He played a year of pro in Sweden, and then right. and then he played, or he played a couple years of pro, and then he played OHL. 
Is he? He's from Canada originally. He's from Canada originally. Oh, see, I thought he was Swedish originally. No, yeah, he's from Canada originally. Okay, so that's so what I'm, makes it kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's definitely a different developmental path. But that I'm guessing would have been due to COVID, not not due to him not being able to crack a Canadian junior team. But no, just in terms of last year's picks in the second round, uh, Jaeger Fergus was a second round pick, correct? He was a Seattle, and I'm. Yeah, he's he's a Seattle prospect, but I mean this year he's had like an awesome year. So Jaeger Fergus, when I watch, uh, when I try to watch Brandon Jaeger, I have a really hard time watching Brandon Jaeger because all I can see is Jaeger Fergus. <laughs> like everyone was like, oh Jaeger Fergus is you know he's. Oh, that was a really ugly goal. So really ugly goal. Yeah, he second second round thirty fifth overall. Yeah, Jager so that makes Fergus. sense. Um, he has the highest motor. I have ever seen. Okay. Um, like, like Brandon Gallagher kind of. No, like he makes Brandon Gallagher look lazy. Um, like, <laughs> 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 like I don't know. How to, I don't know how to explain it, but like Jaeger oh. Fergus is an animal. He's everywhere. It's terrifying to look at Seattle's prospect pool right now and think that they have. They have Jaeger Fergus. Do they also get Brad Lambert? No, no, that's Winnipeg. Winnipeg. That's right. Okay. I was upset about that. So Brad Lambert, um, I was yeah. You know, I, you know, everyone's saying that he's looking like a much better player now. Yeah, you know, I thought he should have been like pick fifteen. He should have been higher. He should have been. He could have been a top five. Pick. Yeah, I think he could have been top five. Yeah, I would say with, like, with hindsight, yes. With with the knowledge we had at the honestly, time, no, maybe no. I was honestly San Jose honestly, eight to ten at least. Yeah, I thought San Jose should have picked him with the corner, like where we traded back from. Like the thing, prior, the well, thing with Lambert was like fifteen. What was it? What? San Jose's original pick prior to trading back. Eleven. 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 I thought we should have taken Lambert. Yeah, that would have been so a great. That would have been a great pick. The thing with Lambert was like it was never that he didn't have the skill. It's never that he didn't have the ability. It, it was, was just. Drive. It was a bit of the drive. It was a bit of the compete, and it was also just a bit of the personality that had kind of he had some issues with his teams. So he was out with Finland for a while, as you know. So it reminds me, like, just sort of the narrative around him remind me of Garbage. <coughs> and that guy seems to be pretty okay. 40 goal scoring, William Nylander. Yeah, so, like, I was watching Grass and Sashin, and, uh, Grace and Sashin, and I really like Sashin. Really, really, really like him. He's going to be, actually, I have no clue where he's going to be drafted. I've, I've made a few public statements saying, like, I would have him in my top 15. I, I... This year's draft is honestly so good, and every time I watch a player, I just think to myself, like, wow, I'm going to have a really good grade on this player. And there's probably 40 or 45 of those guys, and it just gets to the point where you're like, when are, when am I going to start finding players not that impressive? And you just, you just keep finding more and more that you really like. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of a consensus 30 to 60, and he has flashes of top 10 type talent. But then you, when you watch Seattle, you also have to – Watch. You know, keep in mind that they—they're basically sporting three NHL lines right now. So just to it's disgusting how good Seattle is. It's kind of crazy. On Luke Edmund, he played for the Mississauga Rebels in U15. Then he played in Sweden, U16 through to U20. U16. That's pretty cool. Uh, what year was <coughs> that? So 16, 17, he started. So that's prior to the, the pandemic. Yep. Uh, and then he made the, made the SHL in 1920. And then came to. Yep, Danielson involved in the goal. Was, yeah, really yeah then was in, yeah. 
was was still in still in Swedish Pro in 2021, then came to Toronto Max in 2019. Dude, and he's from North Bay. Oh my God, that's gonna be such okay. All right, we're talking about Bradley Lambert, right? He went 30th overall to Winnipeg. You know, you know who also went about this that that same range. Who's a pretty good player today? No, I'm saying who's a good player today? Oh, no, he's in his like late twenties today. Okay, plays for LA. Plays with Kopitar. Yeah, Kempe went 28th overall in his draft year. He's a freaking 40 goal scorer. That guy. He's lethal in the playoffs. Like if you look at watch his release and stuff. Anyway, the the, the hardest part about NHL and scouting and prospects in general is just they take so much longer to get. You have to kind of look at the ETA on like how long is it going to take for this guy to make it. Um, that's what makes our that's what makes our league so interesting when you're like, trading for prospects and what you believe the potential will be and then like, but realistically when you look at like timelines, it's like are you willing to wait that many years for a guy to pan out? Oh, or, Danielson, by the way, and oh, yeah, yeah, you see that pass? Yeah, that's that play that they. That, that's a nice play. That's what I'm saying. Like Nate, Nate Danielson, I, I sorry, like sorry to interrupt. Yeah, There's yeah. nothing he is not above average at. Already above average or good to great. I like. I love my Fabian Zetterlund thing of like saying like dropping him in today. Yeah. I, I see it and so closely. What I want Nate Daniels in a and he's a center too though. But yes. yeah, so that makes him way more valuable. Yeah. And okay, in fantasy, this is something that I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily look at enough. Like, okay, I drafted Taylor Hall in the seventh or eighth round of our fantasy startup. He only averaged four point four points per game. Yeah, playing third line. Playing third, third line. second, third line. Yeah. yeah, that's that's not necessarily my point. He was he was close to a point per game at a certain point in the season. Like he was having a solid offensive year in the first half. Point of clarification: when, when when Kevin says points per game, he means fantasy points per game, not actual. Like, oh, I think I, I think game. most people understand that no one in the NHL is scoring five points per game. I know. I think it's still worth. No. Although the fact that McDavid just, is just for, David but just for newcomers, right? Just yeah, for yeah, newcomers, yeah. right? Just so that they're not lost. We are, we are a fantasy hog, fantasy hog. But that's 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 irrelevant at this point. Yeah. But <laughs> so like you, you can draft a guy like Taylor Hall in the seventh round and he can put up, you know, four and a half fantasy points per game. That's great. But he's a winger. If you're in a league that has multi categories and you've got block shots, you've got hits, you've got especially face offs. I did not realize the value that players like Pajot or Jean Gabriel Pajot or Scott Lafton both of them I traded, but both of them were over four, five fantasy points per game this year. And they didn't even score more than forty points. Like, it's it's got lot, not Lafton. It's Lafton, whatever. It's lot. It's whatever. I, I love what he says. You know that. what? You can take a clown yourself. I'm all here for it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I look at what's Stu, and he's just chuckling. I'm, and I'm like, really, and I'm like Lafton. He's just like he nods. I'm really good at pronouncing European I'm names. I'm Lafton over here. Yeah. I, if, give me a European name. I have no problem pronouncing it. But give me a basic English name. I'll go full Don Cherry. So. I've got <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. I was just looking up uh, Richie <coughs> player, Nolan Richie. Nolan Richie. Yep. Undrafted, like, nothing. nothing. He's, he's, um, he has moments, but there's... He had 70 points. Yeah, I know, but he's 19, is he not? 20. Yeah, that's, that's what you have to keep in mind. Yeah. So, one thing that I, that I have a really hard time with is, like, you'll, you'll notice overagers so much when you watch CHL hockey. Especially if you're watching whole games and not just seeing... Logan Morrison! Yeah, so what's really tough about gauging... The next Nick Patel! <laughs> like, it's hard to gauge He's these players. Because they dominate. But then you have to think to yourself, like, what's a player like Nate Danielson who's 17 and scoring the same amount of points? What's he going to look like in two years in the CHL? 
And that's kind of what you have to ask yourself. Like, if a player, like, if he's looking good when he's 20, he has to look really, 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 really good. Because that's what most players are going to look like when they're not aging in the CHL. Not all of them. Like, obviously, not all overagers are going to score a point per game. But, you know, they're going to usually be among the higher scoring players on the team. No. Like, it was actually interesting to see, like, Lucas Edmonds getting drafted last year in the second round by yeah. Tampa. Like, at least 21. Yeah. At the age of being drafted in the second round. Well, it, it's also Tampa. They're not afraid to take overagers because of development timelines to help the team because they're, they're in it right now in the fight. So it's like, it kind of helps. They have the guys ready. It's really. definitely a little bit of that. It's just a little bit of, yeah, like, if. If you don't have to make a projection on a player, like last year's draft team was not strong. No, it was not strong. It wasn't deep. Well, so it's, it's about organizational, like talking about Tampa, it's about organizational drafting for your potential needs. Where, like, right now you're looking at, uh, like, Radish is playing for them in, in the playoffs. Like, Edmonds, I don't know, could be in a pinch. Um, they wanted guys who were going to in the AHL right away so that they can get them playing on their third, fourth line. And See, though, I've never understood, like, why would you draft for team need in the second and third round? Like, what's the point? Like, that's what I'm saying. When, when you've been to the Stanley Cup final the last three years? That, but that doesn't matter. That, that 100% does not matter. Cups, cups don't matter? Cups, no, yeah, no, no. That's the point of what you're doing? Yeah, cups, no, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm with, I'm with these guys. Cups obviously matter. Yeah, you would be asked for it. But if you're, if you're drafting the first round, that's when you maybe make a bit more of a team Feels decision. Feels nice to win. Because first round picks are going to make your team a lot sooner than a second and third round pick. Second and third round pick, you should be looking at, can I get a Lane no. Hudson? Does this guy have no, potential? No, 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 I, I disagree with that. It's the, it's, it's, it's the, you're going off of the, the, like, the perception of first rounders. Yes, because of talent. Because of, yeah, okay, sure. And that's the video game approach. Right, that's the video game approach, right? I think that if you look at if you look at like you look at the, the number of failed first rounders and stuff, it's still it's still decently high. Oh yeah. It's like fifty like you could look at a third to fifty percent of the first round doesn't well, make it. Yeah, and they're s- or they're slower than other guys that end up making it because those guys are able to work harder, um, develop better and fit the needs of their team better. That's why they get like that's why they get in. Or, or in the case of like a Luke Simmons, they're already you know, three years into Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or they end up being overagers, right? So that yeah. also adjusts things, too. Okay, but if you're Tampa Bay, do you think yeah. Tampa Bay would be happier right now to have Lucas Edmonds or Lane Hudson? Well, they didn't have that option. Yeah, but they didn't have that option, though. I thought Lucas Luke, Edmonds was a second-round pick. Yeah, later. Yeah, but later. Lane Hudson was 62nd overall. Yeah, Tampa would have had, like, <laughs> seven. Yeah. But there's only 64 picks. Let me check, let me check, let me check. In the first two rounds. Let me check, let me check. There's no compensation with second-round picks. <laughs> <Let me check. laughs> This isn't the NFL. Not yet, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> also, according to Tampa, uh, a Tampa Bay writer just coming up here, yeah. he's uh, ranked as number 12 as their top under 25 for their whole franchise. Oh, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. No, I'm not either, but, but I'm, I'm saying, saying I'm surprised it's that high. I'm, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> but, well, Tampa's prospect covered is Okay, sorry, he was third round. Yeah, okay, I didn't think he was second. 86 overall, though. That's yeah, okay. early third. You, no, I, would, I was yeah, like, I was sorry, like second apologies. round. I was like, I don't think Edmonds went yeah. second so round. My, my bad on the memory there, but no, yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. It's okay. Like, I just, I'm just saying, though, like, if you're picking a player in the, like, if you're picking a player in the 50 to 75 range, team sure. needs should not matter. It should be just get the best player available and hope for the best three years down the road. Because if you're think about it this way, if you need a sixth defenseman in a pinch, how much do those really cost? Okay, my only disagree. 
So let's say your biggest team need is is defense, right? Yeah. And in the first round, you're able to pick or high, and you pick the defenseman you're looking for. Like, let's say, I don't. Let's say, let's say you're San Jose last year, and it's in you pick top five. Let's say, and you pick Nemec or Yurke. Second round, maybe you take a goalie if there's a goalie in that round that is decent. Your biggest team need was still defense, but you already kind of addressed that in that first round. Maybe you look elsewhere to other teams, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it, sometimes your draft strategy can come into play uh, in terms of what you've already taken, for sure. But I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying at all of, like, just taking the highest value. I, I'm usually the fan of that, but I'm also, with the later rounds, I think you should be looking into what is my coverage look like. What, what do I need to fill to have an equal size coverage? Maybe a little bit of that, but like if you're in a prospect draft and you're choosing between a player, like if you're choosing between a defender who has basically no no top four defensive upside, like he's basically guaranteed to be a fifth, sixth defenseman or a utility guy. And you're choosing between a forward who most likely his floor is either third, fourth line, but he has the upside to get to the second line or the first line, you don't really need a forward, but you need defense. Do you take the defender who has really no upside and just has a decent floor? Oh. Or do you take do you take the forward who has some ceiling? <coughs> How is that Even though you don't in? need the forward. Yeah, was, like, to me, why would you take a worse say. player? Because like, I think it's actually net ceiling. Yeah. What gap is there? It's not like an idiot! Yeah, there's always gap. <laughs> <laughs> He's an idiot! Wrong <laughs> idiot! Chip it up! Yeah, yeah, just chip I, it! Literally, yeah, literally, just do anything to get the fuck no, fluttering in the air. He tried to do a wrister, and instead he yeah. should have just chipped. And see, that's why Nolan Ritchie wasn't drafted. That's fair. <laughs> Speaking of guys not getting Wait, drafted. That wasn't, that wasn't Nolan Ritchie. No, that was Nolan Ritchie right in front of that seat. No, no, but he's still talking no, no, about 25. No, no, it's this guy here, 25. Oh, yeah, 25. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was just some unlucky puck. <laughs> Watch him go undrafted now because of that. Stick. So going back to your question there. Yeah. Uh, so I agree with you in that scenario, but I think it's more common that you find defensemen that are guaranteed, so let's say six to nine, yep. which I know is in- incredible, versus a, a forward who has top six potential but yep. floor of AHL more is like AHL like second line. Yeah. I feel like that's more common. So would you rather would you rather get a guy who's more likely to be able to make a lineup? And actually a, contribute to your game. Or a guy who's having played fi- like not fifty fifty, but well, the first, ha- ha- having been a GM in the deepest fantasy league like that I've ever been a part of. <laughs> keep in mind the only reason we had so many defenders available on the open market all the time was because we were only starting four per night. If when we move that up to five, if not six, that will change really quickly. Teams will be snapping up those five and six defenders to, you know, bolster well, their team. Oh, wait, my defense is already pretty So, okay, deep. sorry. I, I was talking in real life there as well. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And, I'm, I, and I, I try to kind of keep it somewhat fantasy-related while also keeping a real life, yep. the realism aspect to it. But um, So, I, I just want to qualify that. Yeah. Um, to me... It, if you are talking about building the best organization possible, Ooh. you just want to get as many good assets as you can possibly get. And then you do what you have to later on to move those assets. That was so questionable. So risky, but it worked. It worked. It's good. He, no, but you know what? He I has, love this game. He has a long stick. He has good size. He's able to use and his he, body to give him that level of separation that he needs. In and he makes moves. Yeah, exactly. And he held Connor Bedard to two points in this game, which is actually below his season average. 
Yep. <laughs> I was a season average. Two and a half. Yeah. Fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> like, he averaged a goal per game. So, I mean. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had like, what, 100 goals this year? Nah, if you I count World like Juniors? Oh, we're that too. Yeah, so it's at 100 goals. This is this is Bedard right here. Oh, actually, is it? No, no, he's in the middle there. He's gone to the he's gone to the he's gone to good spots here. I goes Tanner Howe. So Almost Tanner Howe. Yeah, you'll see some you'll see some flashes of of, of stick handling and I don't know. Tanner Howe is interesting. I think I think the issue with Tanner Howe is that people had him pegged as like a top ten pick in the draft. I did not like that shift there from Bedard. Oh yeah, he, he looked he, like John Tavares though. He has on some, his bad nights where he just he floats in the middle waiting. He has some shifts like that. Yeah. And that's why I said an hour ago, and I will say it again on the podcast because I think it's worth saying, after watching two or three games of Macklin Celebrity, I think I would not blame anyone for saying that Macklin Celebrini can be a better NHL player than Connor Bedard. I think I, I think I did say earlier that I think he's a better prospect. He plays a more complete game. Connor Bedard has some moments where he loses interest defensively, I don't care if he loses. <laughs> I, I was about to say, if you, if, um, I'm going to quote you now. He has a top five release in the entire world. If the guy puts up 50 goals a year and 100 points, do you give a flying fuck if he's not putting up points? Look at Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane gives zero shits in Chicago remember, this year. Do you remember when Barry Trotz told Alex Ovechkin to play defense? It was the most boring Alex Ovechkin hockey <laughs> ever. Still wants to show up to a knife fight with a mini gun. He's gonna outscore you five one. So yeah. you want Ovechkin scoring sixty? You yeah. want him scoring thirty? The only thing I will say is that when when Bedard has to go up against players like Connor McDavid, it's going to matter. That's gonna be fun. It's going to matter how much he puts effort in defensively, and I'm not saying he doesn't because he does. Like he, well, he does back check hard. He does look to play positionally sound hockey. There's just so many so many examples this season, especially where. His teammates don't help him, if so he does everything himself, and if, then he burns himself out on the minute. If he's after. going to be a center at the NHL level, it matters a lot more how much he puts in defensively. Yes, I don't think if he can be. Gonna, if he's going to be a winger, I don't care. I, okay. think, <laughs> okay. I think he would be a really bad defensive center next year. Really bad. Okay. Can I can I put an argument in? Yeah, there? go for it. I compare him a lot in terms of like. Not to the same degree, just like if you pull the trigger more and have a better <laughs> shot, which sounds crazy, but Panarin in terms of like the way he likes to control the puck and the way he likes to hang on to the puck. That's a really good, that's a good comparison. It is a good comparison. And who do they have as their second line center? Vincent Trocek. Why do they do that? Because they like to roll Vincent Trocek against the Connor McDavid's. You yeah. keep them separated. Oh, so I mean, if, if you can you can find someone to keep him separated with, if you pick up fucking Philip Deneau as your second line center, I don't give a fuck about how he does defensively because I don't. Well, I will keep him the fuck away from Colin David. So, but now you're you're basically admitting now though that I want to coach him. Yeah. Well, I would. no. <laughs> but I'm, what what you're saying is, do you do you think Connor Bedard can be an elite center? Not just. I I know he can be an elite center because he's going to score. Like he's going to put up 100 points in his career. No no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, but does he need to be a selfie guy? No. No. But He'll get would, better you rather, as he would you rather have a selkie guy dude, who can this, also score 100 dude, points, or would you rather have a 100-point guy who dude, can't? I think there's a reason why I'm actually really excited I get to pick two and take Fentilli, because personally, I do prefer those complete guys. But if I'm a good coach and, I, and I'm a good GM, I take Bedard, because I know ways yeah. to like actually 
and now roll the, line. Yeah, the only yeah reason, exactly. And now the only reason that I say that I think Macklin Celebrini is a more complete player than Connor Bedard is because Macklin Celebrini is already a very high-level penalty killer in the USHL. Well, and my other thing is these these wonder kids like Bedard, like Crosby, like McDavid. If you tell them they're bad at something, they'll they'll go the next they'll come back the next year and be like Elite. top five in the league. Yeah, they'll, That's yeah. Like Sidney Crosby on faceoffs, he was atrocious for quite a while. And then there was one summer where everybody was shitting on Crosby for his crappy draws, and he won like fifty two percent the next year. Okay, so let's shit on him more for like the uh, the cup checks, and maybe we'll stop doing that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all of the problems that. I've brought up about Bedard are probably going to be solved in his first two or three practices in the NHL because once an, once an NHL coach looks and says like you can't be on the ice for a minute and a half straight, it's not going to fly unless you're on the power. Kovalchuk might begs to or not Kovalchuk, sorry, uh, Kovalev begs to differ. Very few players can play a minute and a half NHL shift and be useful the entire time. That's actually one thing that does impress me about Bedard. His stamina is incredible. Like, he will be a minute. He'll be a minute plus into a shift, and you'll still see him dangling. You'll still see him backchecking. Eventually, he burns out, and he just gives up. Yeah, like, he doesn't have to do that to be in a shot. And he doesn't have to do that. Right. So, and okay. he'll be, he'll he'll be, be allowed to burst. He'll, yeah, he'll be able to burst more. Exactly, and he's gonna be with better players. Exactly. So it's like. A lot of the problems get solved just by him being in the NHL. And, and, and then, like, also think and to what these guys are saying. Like, think about he gets traded to To what sorry? Oh my God! Alright, alright, alright. We're gonna hold down on us. I didn't <laughs> say my point. Right? Wait, ball. I didn't even hear what was said. He's like, oh, he's, he's coming like, for he's like, Can you imagine if he was Cam Cam Loops? Cam Loops? Yeah. It's Cam Loops Blazers. Right? Cam Loops. It's a much funnier way to say it. Anyway, anyway, what these guys are saying, and that I was gonna say, is that guys like this with world class pedigree. Are fucking animals. They're gamers. They will find ways to just be continue to be world class players and evolve in that sense. So that I'm not worried about fast food. I'm you not. I'm not. A, I'm not worried about the dark. Go back 15 seconds. Just uh, just take a look at this Nate Danielson shift here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was watching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want these guys to see it. Maybe. And there's something I want to go back to you on too. That yeah. Point that you made we, I think we'll just end up doing like a two hour podcast at this point. Well, we can cut it into multiple. Yeah, 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 yeah we, we, we have topics here. Yeah, we have topics. So keep an eye on number twenty-nine, Nate Danielson. Makes that first play there. There he is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Back his defenseman. Yeah. Good job. And then he now, now he he's getting. There you go. He gave him the option the whole time for the short pass. So exactly. You'll see, you'll see Danielson here pick up the puck. Yeah. Nice protection. Nice protection. Yeah. And then I didn't even see him drop the pass. It's so like, yeah, it was his very vision. Funny. His vision is outstanding. Okay. So <coughs> we talked about him playing PK. Yeah. They all do at a young age. When you're a young age and you're That's like better than everyone else, usually you you play a lot of minutes. USHL, I know they don't do it as much. But again, we're talking about Bedard here. And he was the best player on his team. Let's not forget about that, right? Far and away. He scored 20 points in seven games in the playoffs and lost. Yeah. No GM was building around him. So again, we're talking about him like playing a two minute shift. Because he. Probably because he had to. Yeah, and that's the so, thing. Like when you're talking about a player this good, you have to nitpick. You have to be like, why might he not reach his full potential? But we're all, I also want to give the example of if I'm a competent GM, I don't look at him and go, I, that is exactly the way I'd like him to play when he plays for my team. Oh, it, you know what I mean? Like I'm not letting him play two minute shifts. Unfortunately, it probably sounds like I've been criticizing Bedard a lot here, and like 
Yeah, I, I might have I might have nitpicked a few of his um, unfortunate moments this year in the WHL, and you know, we're sure everyone's gonna have them. And like, he's superhuman, but it, the second part of that word is still human. Yeah, and it's do I think that you know Macklin Celebrini has potential to be a more impactful two-way player? I would have to be honest and say I do think there's a very good chance that Celebrini has a better two-way game than Bedard. I mean, look at Anze Kopitar. That's like, like we, we were talking about Jaden Perron earlier and how like Jaden Perron is being talked about as a top-ten pick now because he's got elite skill. Just elite skill. A wicked shot. Deception. Even, yeah. But like, when I watch when I watch the Chicago Steel, which is the team that Perron and Celebrini play for, there's three players that stand out to me. First, it's Celebrini. Incredible. Drives possession for his line. Then who do I see? Then I see Nicholas Moldenauer. Nicholas Moldenauer, third-round pick for the Leafs, looks really damn good. He was awesome at the development camp last He time. looks Why? really good. His skating, his vision, he's just an all-around really good player. He's probably a third or fourth, probably a third-liner. He's got second-line potential. <coughs> I don't think he's a first-line player, but um, you see he doesn't quite have the shot. He doesn't have the playmaking to be a first-line If he's a third-round pick and he ends up on your roster, yeah, that's a happy. good pick. You're really happy. That's oh, a oh yeah. that was a nice play. And uh, but what do I notice about Perron? Look at this. Gets back. First guy back. Perron is really interesting in terms of how he likes to set up offensively. Like in transition, you don't really see him pushing the pace on transition. He likes to be the trailer because he's got such good vision and his shot is just good. That was cool. You don't even see Perron's release. It's so fast. He knew that there was. He knew that guy was coming out of the corner. He, no, the defense of the Leaf Kings, like the 44 and 47, I forget the names right now. Uh, Satter Kang is 47. Satter Kang and uh, who's 44? I'm not sure who 44 is. Both of them look incredible. Like, their skating is great, their size big. is big. Yeah, they got good They reach. got a bit of skill that likes to jump in on the rush. Yeah. And 44 there, I think they were just a little bad thing, but yeah. he was pretty. Oh, Leighton Feist. Leighton Feist. And oh, no, no, no. That, that's, on, that's on Regina, sorry. I, I can look up. Yeah. Uh, and their first, the first goal there, that was on the goal. He slid way too fucking far out of his head. That's not his fault, like at all. I, I don't know. Like they have looked really dynamic. Also, I'm really surprised at the WHL playoffs. Red Deer is about to knock out Saskatoon, which shouldn't be surprising. After Are Saskatoon. you serious, Saskatoon Blades? Yeah, I mean Saskatoon's not as good as everyone gives them credit to. Be, though. Who's Red Deer's goalie? It's, it's not even that. It's just that uh, Saskatoon is just kind of a. Bit of, a, bit of a regular season team. Like their best player is probably Brandon Lazowski, and that's a seventh round pick of. No, Yalvin? Of uh, Toronto. Oh! Yeah. What did you think of Jackson Lazowski? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Never heard of him. He's a Russian kid. He should have been at camp last year, but. Had a great year in the WHL this year. Not even that big. He had a really good draft year, too. 5'11, man. Small. You said that it hasn't been goaltending. I will disagree with you. That's Red Deer's goaltending. Let me see. 921 and a 925. <coughs> in, in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying their goaltending isn't good. I'm just saying. Oh my god, we, the Weak Kings have a Pasternak 88. Dawson Pasternak, yeah. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> so, okay, for the record, 44, Evan, you found out it was? It was uh, Andre. Oh god. Andre Melyavin. He's a Russian kid, 5'11 from Russia. How old is he? He's uh not draft eligible. Well, he's draft eligible. Well, he's 04 birthday, so yeah. Yeah. So he's 19. 
Was he drafted? No, he wasn't drafted. He wasn't drafted. He looks good. Yeah, there's a lot of solid players on Brandon. They just they didn't really have a lot of offensive skill, yeah. and that's why Nate Danielson does show up but quite prominently because he's one of the only really skilled players. Yeah. Well, that again, that's good. goalie again. That's two goalie errors. Yeah, yeah, that was not a that was not a great goal. But yeah, that's two goalie errors. But I just want to say, like going back to it, like yeah, I agree with you. I I've, on offense, it's been Nate Danielson, and then it's been those two defensemen. And you don't really see much of... I, I don't know why. I remember Quinn Manti being a little bit more noticeable. And see there, he just gets beat outside. That is not... Yeah, that's not good awareness. You see that, you see that a little bit. Yeah, I didn't notice him at all this game. Yeah, and I remember last time watching it, he was a bit more noticeable. It depends on the game with him, and that's why he's that's why he's a bit... Oh, my God. That was horrible post. technique. Oh, yeah. Carson Bjarnason is... That uh, is horrible technique. I know everyone loves him. He's a huge goalie. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. fuck he's off. made two really terrible... Yeah, it's oh, no. really <laughs> bad. That was really bad technique. Right I'm really okay. That was a good play there by uh, by eight. I'm really yeah. interested to see where the goalies go in fantasy drafts. Or just no, I love how they're like, yeah, like Bjornsson, but the numbers, but it's okay because the team he doesn't have a good team. I'm like, well, if he's not good technically. I mean, I've seen him. I've seen him have a few solid outings, but he's never. I know Her- Michael Harrible's getting a lot of love too because he's, yeah. he's like six six or something. There's a few. There's a few European goalies this year. Um, Adam Gajan played really well for Slovakia. Oh, uh, oh Adam Gajan or whatever. That's Gajan, what Gajan? It's Gajan, Gajan. That's what I've heard at the World Juniors. I say, I say Gajan. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. <laughs> but anyway. All right, well, I so tried. You're, you're butchering, you're butchering. You got laughed in and then... What is it? It's Gajan. Gajan? <laughs> Fuck, man. And he's he, on every, my... every nationality is not, is not protected and, and spared. He's, and he's on my team. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on your team. He's about to request a trade. Oh man! Hey, I'll give you. Um, uh, <laughs> Riley's, Riley's, Riley's getting a <laughs> getting a trade. He deserves better. He deserves better. I am. Oh. I'll fucking take him then. All right, no, 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 no. I'm keeping him. He's gonna be a second or third round pick this year. So. Okay. How does a Trey Augustine probably be the first goalie off the board this year? Yeah, I, not I like Trey Augustine. Is it is it Brabble or is it Brable? Or? It's terrible. How does Ben Rogers say? You could H- pronounce that. It's H R A B A L. How do you get Harrible? I don't know. I just say Harrible. Oh, so you, oh, so I I could be saying this one right. Brabble, Brable. Uh, could be. I oh. know. Uh, I'm, I'm this one. This one. I'm totally open to like being correct. I don't care. <laughs> But, but, like, the guy on, it's like, at least I've heard that one before, so at least that's not on me. That's, like, I put that on, like, TSN's announcers, okay? <laughs> but Lafton? Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Lafton. You know do you, what? Wait, wait, sorry. Do you also pronounce it, like, Scoot or something? Like, is it, like, Scoot? Scoot 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 Is that what you're doing? Like, because <laughs> you're just being mean now. <laughs> hey, yeah, be careful you? who you invite on your podcast, all <laughs> right? Beware of my co-host, guys. I drove... <laughs> Three hours from the <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you've got a little, it was like two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's driving a lead foot in this Wow, those some of those freaking transports. Yeah, I I do not play transport trucks. I, I appreciate the work they do. Yeah. Uh shutting down our, our nation's capital and uh <laughs> and all the work they do, you know, delivering food. I, I wish I wish I could have got more laughs. That was a quality joke there. But all right. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, American heroes. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm not phased, but I've seen way too much crazy shit to be phased by that. It's not like they like actually rushed into the building and stole shit. No, no, not only that. Like almost like tried to kill kill a it bunch of like top tour. level leaders. 
It was a it was a no no it was a guided self guided tour redneck edition. All right, no no tailgate edition. Although. Redneck tailgate. Not, not, to get, not to get too political, it but like a Florida Georgia tailgate. Yeah. All, that all was a Florida man. That was a Florida man self-led guy. I. Uh, That's why they don't get from Berta. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that. All right. Okay. You know what? All right. Before before we start losing fans here and listeners. All right. Change change top, Kevin. We love you. It's your okay, podcast. So, uh, we do love we think you Western Canada? I, I do have a big question. Yeah. Go for it. So okay, the way we're talking about this draft. I'm just. I want one quick answer before I go into the second question. So okay, raise yeah. your hand if you think that there are multiple players that could be qualified as a franchise player in this draft. Are Are we raising hands so that people on the podcast can? You can then say yes after. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yes. yeah, yes. Everyone yes. raised their hand. Yeah. yeah, everyone. Does that mean that we should actually look into expanding the league soon, sooner rather than later, for adding multiple franchise caliber players into this league? You want more than 32 teams? Ooh. I'm just asking, like... <coughs> Michigan got their uh, Michigan attempt. Ooh, that was a nice yeah, freaking one-timer. Top By the cheese. way, Stanislav's disposal, yeah. I'm, I'm not oh, surprised to yes, see him in the NHL. Yes. Yeah, he's on this team. He's on the Regina path. Not surprised to see him make the NHL <laughs> late in the season with Columbus. Yeah, that no. Was... No, disposal's so good. That World Juniors for me, I was like, wow, this guy can do everything. But, sorry, yeah. going back to my question. Yeah, so there's, there's... So it's just the thought of, like, if we have so much talent, like... I, I'm, I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to shoot this out really quickly. Uh, having been in the fantasy football league where there was 60 teams, and we had five copies of each player, it's just not fun. Like, there's something to be said about I own this player, he's my player. And I understand we, we, you didn't bring up having multiple shares of different players, or of the same player. I was player. talking about real life here. Oh, in real life, in having real more life. than 32 teams in the NHL? Yeah. yeah. If we're adding oh. in this much influx of talent, oh. we've talked about how fucking incredible this draft is. No, I, I, I don't think there's... Well, Markets. Are there really more? He said markets. I say Montana. Are there really more starting NHL goalies around? Were there in the eighties? Is there ever? There's always a shortage of goaltenders. And that that yeah. Isn't wasn't the eighties a great time? Don't people mention players from that era like Dale Howardchuk and who else am I missing? Uh, who else is a great player from the eighties? There's some buns from the Edmonton Oilers you're missing out on. The Oilers have players. They were good in the eighties. Glenn Anderson. They were. They were. They were but okay. that's the name I was looking for, yeah, too. There you go. Marty McSorley. <laughs> Marty McSorley. That's another great star yeah. caliber name. Peter Klima. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rod Hubbard. Chris Simpson. <laughs> but yeah, so like I don't know. Like my thought is like, Stu says not enough goalies. That seems like a problem that solves itself. No, I, I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting question. Yeah, I think. I, I think you're. I think you're like. Yeah. I mean. Th- I mean, how many times you're gonna have a draft like this? Though? I think the timing of it would have been great if it matched up with a draft like this. Uh, how exciting would that have been if like all the expansion teams were saturated in top five to get all these franchise players? Could you imagine if, if this season if we had a if we Seattle and Vegas were like franchise teams coming or like new franchises? That would be insane. Yeah. That would be so insane. The only thing I'm going to say is next year's draft has I'm 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 very very confident saying there's one franchise player next yeah. year. I think I'm after seeing Team USA, I'm I'm going to start I'm going to go out and say there's there's two. Cole Eiserman, 100. He, he looks really good. He looks really good. He's a franchise player. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know anything about Kiva Haru. Everything you said sounds good. He sounds. He, he. I mean, I've heard really good things about him. Haven't seen him, so I'm not going to make a comment on him. Yeah. But um, you know, there's at least two players next year. Plus, next year has Cole Hudson. Yep. Who's going yep. top ten? Yep. He is definitely going top ten. Yep. It also has. Do you know if there's uh, two other Hudsons? I didn't know that. Also, there's another one that's younger and one that's older that he actually plays with right now. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's uh, he plays on. I was making a joke that Montreal should try to get, grab all of the Hudsons. I mean, why not? <laughs> he likes San Jose and the Pearl. Yeah. I think, I think the Cole Hudson man. is a, I'm not sure if Cole is a left or a right shot, but either they, way. They shoot the same. So he's a lefty then. Yeah. Okay. I nice know the younger team. one shoots the other way as a forward. Okay. Um, I guess New Jersey and the Eagles. There's a... Yeah, next, year's, that, that's a good next year's draft will be City really East. interesting. Um, I mean, in terms of franchise players, oh, by the way, Nate Danielson right now running the power play. Oh. He's like, look at his vision, his passing. Like he's, and he's he just not, prepped as soon as he passes. He's not afraid. Like, you can tell. He's just Ooh. such a high IQ player. He knows what he's doing. He has a plan, and he attacks with it. And that's why I'm like, I can't I can't understand how every single scout that I know has Sam Collins that graded above Nate Danielson. It baffles me. Was in the right spot. Like, he knew exactly where to be. Yeah. He's yeah. just he's he's always in the right place, and I I think part of it is just his teammates look for him all the time. <laughs> but yeah, if you're like clearly the best player in your freaking <laughs> team, you know. But at the same time, like if your teammates are always looking for you and you're always there and you're always well, open, who cares? I'll give you this case right now. So here in this case here, he's on the power play, standing in front of the net, open, yeah. wide open. He's been sitting there for like a couple seconds while the puck got right around. The defenseman makes a move, dodges this guy. I think if he didn't pass there, it's the dumb move. Either you shoot low for a rebound for him to pick up on, or you do a shot pass to him, which is what they did, because he was wide open with an open lane pass. Yeah. So you might argue, oh, he's looking for him. I'd argue his coach would have yelled at him if he didn't make that pass. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Oh, it was the obvious pass. Yeah. Just, I no, just, but I, that, that speaks to both of, of the points yeah. he's made of he's the best player, you want to give him the puck as much as possible. He's also the best player, so he's in the right spots. Yeah. yeah. No, there's, there's no part of Nate Danielson's game that concerns me. It's, it's super easy to project into the NHL. He's the captain of his team. He's been producing since he was 16. Is Richie is. I thought he was No, Richie doesn't see. Okay, so he's got the A then, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah he has a Look at this. He's spreading misinformation all over the place. I got yeah, you. This is, why, this is why you get us on the on, on Yeah, you guys, on are like, you guys are like, I'm like the Joe Rogan. You guys are just like, oh, let me check to see if that's accurate. Huh? I mean, I'm usually not that way. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm like that on our podcast. I'm like, guys, fact check me if I'm wrong here. And he's like, do one of you will, yeah. I just go, ah, I fucking think this. <laughs> I, I try to, I try Thanks, to make dude. sure. I, uh, my hockey, the hockey reference and elite prospects are very helpful during our uh, pod. Yeah, very helpful. I'm yeah. trying to do this without having a laptop or a phone open, which I don't normally do, which is why I occasionally have some time. So, shout out to uh, Elite Prospects. If you guys want to sponsor us, uh, that'd be great, because I've made the, the argument, as soon as we make money for our podcast, I want to spend it directly into getting a subscription. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember where we parked. Don't worry about that. It's, it's we'll, ju- we'll just We'll just pay up the parking fine when it comes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Blue. damn! Oh my God, you're right. Oh my, yeah, actually, yeah, no, no, we should, we should go take care of that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna pause the podcast for now and go pay a parking ticket. Yeah. So, uh, so Kevin's <laughs> car just get towed away by the Montreal. Uh, oh, it'll get towed. No. 
Well, uh, my, uh, my car has not been towed, but my credit card is wandering the streets of Montreal. Yay. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> out with the old one, in with the new. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, there you go. So we are back. Let's, uh, let's restart this, uh, Regina brand game here, because that is just some high-quality oh, content. Pass to Nate Danielson. Danielson inside the Regina zone. Fires a shot off the That was actually really cool, the audio coming in there. That's, like, we couldn't even have planned that better. No, that might actually be kind of sick with that transition. That, that was going to be, that's going to be such a cool transition. Oh, my goodness. We should probably stop talking about it. Um... <clears throat> Anyways, so let's get back. So, okay, I wanted to ask you about Jaeger and Danielson as a comparable, because I feel like they've been talked about as having similar sort of games. But then Evan said that he had a little bit more of, like, an insight on that. So you want to take this one? Well, okay, well, I just want to, like, talk about, like, Jaeger. I mean, if anything, like, I'd love to hear what you guys have, just very briefly, like, in, like, 30 seconds or less, like, what you guys have any thoughts on or what you've seen about him before I say anything. Tape's comparable, that's what it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, Steve. I could wrap it up and. Did you say Jonathan Taves compared? Yep. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Just, 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 like, yeah. Here. I don't have all that to say. Okay, alright, Kevin. Yeah. Of all I've like, heard. Anything. Like, no, no, just, like, keep it really short, like, 15 seconds. Need to see more. Good shot. Good player. Can't say that much yet, though. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, something that I watched recently is, is really interesting, the, the way the guy was talking about him, but, like, you know how like people are saying like oh the effort and the lack of defense and some of some of the things that you you've heard those knocks right i don't know yeah. if you guys have heard those knocks oh yeah but like i actually I've, think i've heard that he does have some like effort issues but when he's engaged he's engaged on both ends no exactly and so like that's what makes this interesting because a team that doesn't get danielson but that likes the game you could be getting a guy in jaeger that has a killer freaking shot that could potentially play a similar game. Not, it's not going to be perfect, but when I say similar, I'm talking about maybe 60-70% overlap, potentially. But aren't they supposed to be picked, like, Jaeger before Danielson? It's interesting yeah, you speak Jaeger's, Jaeger's, Jaeger's MVP is higher than Yeah, Danielson's. right? That's interesting the way you're speaking about it, though. Because, no, but I'm saying that in, because of what's happened with draft stock and everything, right? Because Jaeger was touted, I mean, I don't know where he's touted, you tell me after, Kevin, but Seven? he was touted in the top no. 10 for the longest time of the year. And I don't, and I don't think he's going to be a top ten pick because of that. It's, I could be wrong. I, there, there could be a team that does their homework and everything on him. But based off of if you if you're going if you're projecting the picks based on the opinions and everything, the draft stock, I think he's he, currently he's going to be outside of the top ten. But prior prior to this year and everything else coming into it, in the beginning, everyone's like, yeah, like this guy's a top ten talent. Yeah, so, that's the way it looked for so, last so like, year. So that's why I said what I, the way I said it, because of the rise and like the spike in Nate Down. I mean, some people have them like going as high as like five or seven, depending yeah. on where, where where you read it. Here's here's the thing, like we brought this okay. up earlier, and it was a really good point. Like I, I think it's fair to say that there if if you're projecting the absolute ceiling for players without, you know, there being just meteoric rises by you know players outside of the top four, I think we can actually kind of presume, which is insane, but you can almost say there's going to be four franchise level players coming out of this draft. Like Bedard and Fantilli. Can I say three and a half? Carlson's a bit of a no. Yeah, I, and Matt and Mitch Carl. <laughs> Mitch Carl's my half. Well, Carlson, I don't know if it's a guarantee, although he's playing really well. I don't know if he'll be a franchise altering player. As much as just like really good high end elite, if that makes sense. Like he's like in that bubble between. Yeah, because if you're talking about franchise changing, there's there's 
maybe five or six of those in the NHL. In my opinion. Currently? You're in, saying? At any given time, there's usually only five or six like truly franchise-changing players. <clears throat> so who would they be currently, if you were to pick? McDavid, <clears throat> Dreisaitl. Uh, it's two from one team, too. Yeah. I know, that's crazy. That's how yeah. bad the roster is outside of those two. Uh, no disagree with um, you. McKinnon is obviously a third. Pasternak a fourth. Kale McCarr, Adam Fox? Kale McCarr, I wouldn't say Adam Fox yet. That's fair. No, I'm just bringing him up. It's his opinion, so yeah. Jack Hughes. I'm just trying to la- name names, you okay. know. Andre Vasilevsky. No, it's his opinion. No, but we can. Uh, we yeah, can actually, offer... Vasilevsky 100% is a franchise changing player. Okay. Um, right away. <laughs> there is. Uh, there's, there's a few I'm definitely missing here, and it's really tough. Austin Matthews. Mitch Marner? No. He's been the better player than Matthews. Two way game. Minutes. Yeah. There's only, PK there's only how many guys score sixty goals? Fair enough. Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. He's not one of them. Definitely. <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Kachuk is a franchise changing player. Matthew Kachuk. That's nine right now. The entire yeah. the entire fr- like the entire makeup of your franchise changes. Like when you have Jonathan Huberto compared to Matthew Kachuk. Yeah. Like yeah. that Florida team took a massive step back in terms of roster talent because of getting Matthew. Losing Weger. It was the right move. Like it was yes. the right move. You get Matthew Kachuk when you have the chance. How? How? Okay. Because there are only right now we have nine. We so have nine franchise changing players. My issue with Florida: one, coaching; two, um, <laughs> I could move past that, but yeah. no, two. They should have kept. They should have kept. Uh, what's his name? Andrew Brunette. Yes. Two, goaltending. Three, they didn't do anything to insulate the Mackenzie Weezer. Yeah. Mackenzie Weeger. Yeah, I was going to say Mackenzie Weezer. So wait, sorry, hold on. But so they didn't do really do it. Yeah. The wall. They didn't really do much to insulate that, right? At no. all on the trades. No. People stepped up. But Brandon Montour. Wow. Really stepped up. Seventy. Seventy-five points. But they still did nothing behind that. Like they had Montour last year, right? And he was okay. No one complained about him. It's good. I understand that he picked it up, but they didn't bring anything up behind him. <coughs> like even I understand like maybe you had the one for one replacement. Might <coughs> replace Brandon Montour then. I was uh, I was talking to a Florida Panthers scout at a front game. Interestingly enough, I was asking him about his you know, prospect pool, and I'm like, what are you guys doing on defense? Like, you, you don't have any high picks this year. Like, what are the plans? And he's like, we're, 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 we're hamstrung by the cap. Yeah. Like, there's nothing they can do. But he's like, but we got Matthew Kachuk. Do you know what they need? Yeah. An Arbor Jack guy. Oh, I mean, who wouldn't love a kid coming out of obscurity becoming a starting defender? On a rookie contract. It happens years. more often than you think. Like, Perbex? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Nick that's, Perb- yeah. Perbex is the entirety really of the Arizona Coyotes roster JJ in the second Moser. half of the year. Yeah. And like, actually, if, yeah. if there's one thing that Mark Bergevin did really well, it was finding, like, tiny guys. Like, not even tiny guys, like just depth, finding, depth depth guys. finding depth defenders yeah. and turning them into valuable assets, like Brett Kulak. Yeah. That was a really, really, really. And then he'd sell them for. Then he'd sell them for not enough. I'd argue one of his best was one of his best moves was was overall. He got more for Marco Scandella than he gave up for him. (laughs) That's actually true. That was an epic (laughs) trade. You're right. He was fun to watch as a hab. We saw him live three times that year, right? Oh, that's funny. That was a year that we went like. I, I think I saw three oh, times. Shoot, you're right. Yeah. How can I forget my NDG boy Marco Scandella? Jeez. Um. Yeah, you're right. He was fun. He was solid. But then we we did the right thing. We traded him away. Hundred percent. So, good job. 
Bert, uh, Bergie, if you're listening to <laughs> Kevin's podcast and us. But hey. also, like, Bergie, you put Montreal through a dark, dark time of mediocrity. How also, you- oh, also, oh. also, Bergie, I'm not, I'm still not happy today about how you treated Andre Markov. No, I was no, 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 that, that was not cool. Not cool. You don't do that to a guy that's been here his entire career. And Markov was such a staple perhaps dude he's a 30 plus 32 plus year old defenseman that continue to put up like literally 40 points every year 35 to 40 points every year good on the power play could play on the peak he literally do everything he played top four he played your on your top pair as your second guy yeah i that's a 38 year old he was everyone thought that romanov was going to be the you know the markov no that was a great trade i called that trade oh i love talking about the dark trade (laughs) Oh, the doctrine was incredible. I called that shit. So and it's early. funny too because at the time it was a bit of a tough pill to swallow because like I actually no, not for me. Oh, I don't know about you, but I actually that I, might be controversial for. Ha- you know I mean, I, mean? I love Romy. Don't get me wrong, but like think about how he was playing and how he was contributing. Nah, that's not where I'm going with it. You know who I really, really, really like from last year's draft? Yeah. Guess who they? Yeah. Guess <laughs> who, who Chicago took with that pick? Yeah. Colt Nazar. Frank Nazar. Frank, oh, Frank, Frank Nazar. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. No. Yeah. No. Frank Nazar was good. I liked him, but like, Frankie. Would you rather have Frank Nazar and Wade, or would you have Kirby Doc right now on your team? Oh, hundred percent. You take Kirby Doc. Okay, just, so it's I'm, like there you go. Kirby Doc. At, oh, I'm just saying, like Chicago two. might look smart in the future for that trade. Yep. New York will not look ever smart for that trade. Yeah. So I don't really <laughs> care because Montreal came out I mean, winner in my opinion. So far. Letter, so far. I think they could come out looking okay, not stupid. Yeah, I mean, Romanov's been really solid he's for the Islanders. He's going to be in the NHL for them for some period of time. Yeah. He's just... They're going not, to get games played. I don't know if he's ever going to be worth a 13th overall pick. I Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to, in this scenario, win the trade. But I don't no. think they'll necessarily You don't have to win a trade. Die. That's not the point of trades, necessarily, nope. is to win. But it's... No, but they felt, they, they felt the need on their team, and they got a young guy that could be there if for a he, while. If he can learn and grow with Dobson, they have a great pick. I think that he's gotten better this year, honestly. He has. So, you know, it's not a bad... He's still really young. He's hurt so. right For now. slightly selfish reasons, I would love to see the yeah. Islanders give Samuel Bolduc some... He's playing. He's playing. I know, he's, he's playing. playing yeah. Yeah. He I'm, I'm happy to see that. actually looked solid, but he kind of shied, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't blame him. He's He's been given very, very little leash to run with. Yeah, no, but he's he played, had a lot yeah, of leash. That's the problem. Well, no, he was playing with... He, they switched up the lines and played him in Pelic. But the problem is he, <coughs> he got, like, a game here and there early in the season, and he scored a goal yeah. in one of them, and, like, they didn't... He played more for the last five, though. No, he played 17 games on the stretch. Oh, 17? Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, no, he actually he had a good, he got a really good stretch run. No. Well, he had a stretch run, which is... Really and then, nice. yeah, like, they played him in the top four. It is nice to see. I'm just... Uh, he is Carolina. Which, I want to talk about that, because I'm going to segue this. What is your top ten defenseman, and, like, if you had to rank, like, if you were doing your EA ratings for next season, and do Carlson and Burns make your top ten? Carlson does. I don't know about Burns. Both. I, I need to compile mine and then I'm gonna answer. Because Carl or Burns had was third for tied for third for most goals as a defenseman yeah. this season and also had 65 points. Oh, I have to. I'm gonna have to make my uh, my D chart public, but I don't know if you ever saw my uh, my defenseman. Uh, I made like a, a graph basically, and it was going back from like 2005 to to last year, and uh, or up to this season basically, and it was showing all of the the defenseman finishes for like fantasy. Burns has been near the top every Oh, year. like Latang, Burns, um, and then since 2010 it's been Yozy, Petrangelo. Burns shooting a lot. <laughs> yeah. Carlson's been up there, you know, every single year. Except um, for injury year. It's like it was it was just really interesting to look at the chart though and look at how like 
you look at kind of comparable players and you look at the first three seasons of their career and then you look at like season four and you just I think it was either three or four but there's a huge jump and that's why like going into the season there's a few players that I really wanted in the fantasy draft it was like there's Dolan there's Heiskanen there's Sergachev which I got I was happy with that all he, three of those choices so I agree with yeah like, it was like, they were just they were just completely obvious Sider? choices to so, well Sider obviously <coughs> but like, he was he was three years too early in a sense that, like, he just, like, you know how long, okay, Dolan did not come into the NHL and play at the level that Moritz Sider played as a rookie. Mm-hmm. It took him <coughs> three years to get to the level that Moritz Sider was at as a rookie. Yeah, but it took mm-hmm. Jack Hughes a couple years to get to the level that he's at right now. So oh, sometimes I know. some guys need that. Adjustment. And that's my point where it's like, it's very rare to see defenders come in in their first year and just be that good. Yeah. Especially for fantasy. Because... The production doesn't usually come in the first season. For the yeah, first. what was interesting is they actually kind of just handed the reins to him because he popped off to start. And they had to tear up tape. Yes. <laughs> and then, but then Philip uh, Ferronic, right? That's how he said it? Yeah. yeah. He came in, and this, like, the last couple seasons, he's kind of been the number one guy offensively, right? Yeah. They've now traded him away, so I think they're trying to hand the team back to him. Yeah. So, could be interesting to see what happens there. But, again, going back to it, like, so you said yes and no on Burns. Yeah, so, I mean, if I was looking at, like, who I would be taking, it'd be, you know, McCarr, Dolan, uh, Heiskanen has to be there. He's just athletic. I'm reiterating, he's crazy. Adam Fox. Adam Fox, crap, yeah. I always forget Adam Fox. I have. It's awful. Yeah, you can, I mean, we, I'm not forgetting what this we thought. Eric Carlson. Time. Five, yeah, there you go. Um, Why don't we just compile, like, a group list? It's really tough, but, like, I think Hedman just gets it for legacy. Hedman? Oh, that's true, Hedman, yeah. He's, he doesn't Slavin? deserve it, though. I don't Slavin's think in my top ten. Slavin? Quinn Hughes. Who's the thing? Hedman, Hedman will impact. get, yeah, Hedman will get a top ten too. ranking. He doesn't deserve it, though. His, his, this okay, season so was we not have, yeah. We have yeah. Lakar, Fox, Heiskanen, EK65, Yossi, yeah. Hedman. This was not uh, a good year for Victor Hedman. So. No. Uh, Slavin no, and Quinn Hughes. That's eight so far. Yes. Dougie Hamilton? Dougie Hamilton, yeah. He's had a fantastic season. I think personally. And he got robbed of a Norris Trophy a couple of years yep. ago by the injury, basically. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Uh, yeah, so does Burns round that out? I mean, yeah. Heshey's a name that comes up there. Not Morgan Riley. No, oh, not Morrissey. Mor- uh, Morgan Riley did not. I mean, yeah, it's, Josh Morrissey's somewhere higher than these guys. My yeah, apologies, but yeah, Josh, we, yeah, we messed got, up on that one. You got it, and and you yeah. could you could even argue like Vince Dunn deserves to be in the conversation. As like a tenth, as a tenth guy. Would would you have taken Trangelo over Hedman? What about Sergachev even? Yeah, Sergachev like, had a better year than like if you can't if you're considering Hedman, you have to consider Sergachev because Sergachev. So I would be down. Team. Okay, so let's remove Hedman. I, Hedman didn't even make my list. We're not ready to say no. <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh, yours? Hedman didn't even make my list. I just put him on there because like the Hamilton one. I forgot about Hedman. I was like, I'm forgetting like some guys. You, well, you said you said Sergachev, and I immediately I immediately. Plucked a finger for Hedman on my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like yeah. instantly. Oh, Tampa defense. That's yeah. Victor Hedman. Yeah. Did Sorenak have a better season than Hedman? Uh, I, I don't know. Hedman like, oh, no. just just yeah. did not have a good year. It was rough but compared to his still, usual standards. He could still like kill her playoffs. <laughs> I mean, so good. Yeah. I mean, Petrangelo had a good season. Fifty-four points, seventy-three games. Good, good season. I don't like you. It's like it was tied. It was tied with his career like high, actually. Believe it or not, I think he had. I think he had a better year than Victor Edmonds. I'm gonna be completely honest. 
Was it more excited than Mitch and him? No, I don't think. I mean, he finished with like 40 points in the year. But I think the idea but of I think it was Vince a little bit Dunn up in there makes sense. Josh Morrissey. Yeah. I think Burns could be above Headman. Josh Morrissey. I, I would is, agree. These I, could all I, be I, I would agree with that. But obviously, Slavin needs to be on the line. Yeah. It was an interesting breakout for Morrissey this year. Yes. But again, I'm talking EA ratings for next season kind of thing. Like, that, that, that's true. It's who EA, makes those I'm, I'm like, No, no, no. I'm saying like, we are making our own. Does that make sense? Like, I'm saying just projection for next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Field role for them. Oh shit, Charlie McAvoy. Are we including Charlie Shrewd. McAvoy? Yeah. Like, dude, we yeah. forgot about that. I'm like, I'm forgetting. Like, dude, there's guys we're gonna forget. Like, there's a lot of good defensemen. You know, like Hampus Lindholm should get a career high rating. Lindholm. Right. Like, honestly. Dude, McAvoy 52 and 67. Orlov should get a career high rating too. Yeah. Honestly. Is that is that crazy to say? No, it's not. He should be like yeah. an 87 in the next game. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, honestly, he deserves it. He's always at like 85 or so. 84, 85. Yeah. I think he had one year of 86 in Washington. Yeah, then maybe. But I, I think, don't think it's too far. See, I have not yeah. played many of the last year. Um, we, we played like all of them. Pretty much all of them. I, I, I took a little break and just focused on Madden for a few years there. I think we've had everyone since 10. Yeah. And then Madden 23 <laughs> just became. But we played the shit well, out I mean, of 405. Or 0304? I mean, I played. What was it? I, I used to play 15 a ton, then I started playing, what, 18 with you? 18 and then 19. 18 all the way up to the games today yeah. with you, yeah. With one year removed. Yeah. I mean, shout out to like Jared Spurgeon or Jonas Verdeen because honestly, those guys deserve high ratings. Not ridiculously high, but they should be high 80s. I'd give Spurgeon a high one. Right? Spurgeon be like an 86. I could give Spurgeon no. an 88. Like an 88. 89. His defensive game strong enough. Like 88, 89 for me. Like, if, what are you giving Slavens to? Because so he's, he's 90. He's 90. Sorry? That's so many high-rated defensemen if you're giving Spurgeon an 88. Yeah. Like, yeah. He deserves it. I'm just, he deserves NHL it. Ratings he's been fucking really excellent. Silly. They're not anymore. Oh, they aren't? Well, here's the funny thing. <coughs> they want to keep McDavid at 97 because of the number. Haha, <laughs> funny. Shut no, the fuck he up, should be 99. It. Thank you. You're yeah. stupid. Uh, yeah. Thank I, you. They don't make he him a 99. 99 and then everybody else's rating trickles down from that. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. But that's still, but like, again, if you're doing it like here, you can have a decent spread at the top still. It's like tiers. Oh, yeah. just uh, keep an eye out because Nate Danielson is about to score goals. Yeah, um, thank you for the uh, FYI. Yeah. Oh, and Bedard's, yeah, we'll, you'll find out, but he scores later. Oh my god, shocker. Spoiler! Yo, oh my god, this guy scored? It took him freaking 100 games, finally. I I picked the one game where Bedard only scored one goal and got one assist, and the assist was kind of like on a crappy, crappy goal. (laughs) Like like the one in this game? Yeah, because it's like, I want to show you the one game where Bedard just isn't completely dominating. Well, point where you can't take your no, Mor- Morrissey should be top 10 for a year. He's 76 yeah. and 78. That's insane. He could be third. Um, one of the things I've noticed the most is you talked about the possession in this game. He does have that, but a lot of the time they're forcing him back with it and he has to regroup. Like, well, that's a lot of his possession time. If there's one thing that I'm noticing about the CHL is that there are some coaches who make a lot out of nothing and there's some coaches who make nothing out of so like an embarrassment of riches. Uh, Peterborough's coach should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that's in line with our Osho series, guys. That's so yeah. funny. That's totally in line with our Osho yeah. series. That is perfectly in line with that. We should, we should just take that clip and just plug yeah. it into our into our Osho episode. I just I apologize for that man and his family, uh, whoever he Don't is. Don't apologize. If they suck, they suck. 
it's I know just, how insensitive that sounds. And it's it's technically it's not fully his fault. His team isn't his team is forward heavy and they don't have good defense. Okay. So it's not entirely his fault, but they just give out a stupid amount of chances. That's like, their goaltending. It's not bad. Like Michael Simpson's solid. It's not amazing, but he, for OHL standards, he's like he had good numbers. So if you have if you're top heavy, you just try to push them as right side as possible. Yeah, the, the, the amount of the amount of stupid yeah. scoring chances they give up. So the Vegas method. Yeah. You <laughs> literally just Vegas it. Just Vegas yeah. method defense. That's it. Let, let the guy see it. Let them shoot from the perimeter. And then also just chip it whenever you can to get it out. There you go, exactly. Well, you I go battle in the neutral zone. Yeah. I think it's possible that Peterborough might be winning their series against Ottawa. Although Ottawa's not that great either. Like, hey. Ottawa's, hey. Ottawa's <coughs> what do you say about Ottawa? Huh? I got a couple of them on my team. Didn't they set a record for points this year? Yeah. Uh, a record? They've been really good this year. 64 wins? Not that good. It's Logan Morrison on that team. 51 wins. 107 points. Okay. I realize what happened. Yeah. I know you were. <laughs> I was like, you're not that good. <laughs> you were not that they good. Were. I was like, I've been looking at the standings the entire season for a prospects league. Yeah. No, uh, Peterborough, I think, is beating them currently. Which, ooh, if there's a few players from Peterborough, I can point out. Uh, if you are looking for a spark plug in a multi category league, Brennan Offman. Oh, yeah. The guy just oh, wants to. Oh, yeah. I, he so just wants to start fights. Yeah. He just wants to hit anything that moves. He also can score really well. He's just he's. So is he gonna be like Kreider two point then for like? Do you know no, Michael? Bernier? Do you know what Michael Bunting is? He is he's he's that on crack. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Like, Shout out Michael Bunting. I was at which a, Leafs every single year. What oh 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 oh! What a nice goal. Rewind oh, yeah. Who that. Was that? Who Watch was that. that. Watch that. <laughs> that was nice. Goalie cursed on that because you know he got he got freaking wrecked Person. on that play. This is Nate Danielson doing what he does best, right in like the slot. Who? That yeah. translates to the NHL. Yes. Yeah. Well, depends on the goalie. Some goalies I don't... Would, wouldn't drop there. On yeah. Their... Yeah. Stylistically, some someone wouldn't drop. No, that's just like a the fifty fifty thing. I'm like on. on... The, it's more or less the fact that he stick handles through three players yes. into the slot is more what I'm referring to. That yeah, I agree with this. That's that, what you want. That's I, a good I don't drop. care. It, the fact he, he finished the, is, the fact he finished is just the icing on the cake on that play. Yeah. It's just the, it's the tendency and it's the fact that he's skillful enough to do that. So many players like there's very few that I've scouted that can do that. He knew the time, the space, and the move he wanted to use to get there. I've seen Samuel Hunzik make a move in front of the net like that once. There's no way in ten heck games. he scores that goal against a goalie who learned how to play watching Henrik Lundqvist. Yep. That's what I'm saying. He dro- like he came out and then dropped. I'm the only one that caught that. That's funny. I saw that too. Uh, what happened? You rewind it. Okay. <laughs> Just rewind it. You'll see. It was like her reactionary thing. It's funny. They like they they plug. That's the attitude we were going back for. It. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys know what I'm saying about the Henry Lundqvist thing. Yep. Did you see where the goalie was yep. on that? Okay. Edge of its crease dropped. Yeah. That makes the top of your net open. Yeah, it's 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 less about the finish and it's just completely about the the tendencies for me and like can you do can you can you get to NHL scoring spots? You know, with multiple different ways. Like, are you able to skate with speed? Are you able to puck handle in? Are you able to deke? For sure. There's got to be a bunch of... You have to have a multiple different ways of scoring. Mm-hmm. And that's why like when I watch players... like I'm going to use Samuel Hansen as an example because I've just watched so much of him right now. Uh, he's, he's he's kind of a one-dimensional player right now. And does he have the potential and the skill to become more varied? Sure. 
I don't know if he ever gets there, but he's got a pretty good floor. A guy like Nate Danielson, no, there's way more than a floor. There's a ceiling, and it's pretty easy to see. <coughs> I think him and Jaeger will be an interesting comparable. I'm going to watch a lot of Jaeger tomorrow, yeah. and we will maybe have me on your show tomorrow. Hop on. Uh, we'll see, yeah. Yeah, just invite myself on your podcast. No big deal. What I do nice. okay. Right, as long as your audio is working. I, I insert myself into situations. Oh, oh just go to in my bedroom. There we go. Ooh, that sounds... Don't threaten me with a good time. Wow, okay. So we talked about Kevin beating himself off, and now Steve's like, yeah, it's okay, just come in my bedroom. <laughs> he also wrapped himself, his legs around you. And well, also, no, I, 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 I threatened well, him. He also that. was fingering a piano earlier. Whoa. That makes it so... Well, so Riley's just completely outing Kevin on his own podcast. All right, I see. Excuse me. Can you deny those accusations? I am as straight as the pole I dance on. All you could, all you needed to say, Kevin, was I can neither confirm nor deny what has been said. You didn't need to throw yourself further down the freaking well, all right, man? The Eiffel Tower? Yeah, I do. It's just a joke. Oui, oui, oui. Monsieur's. All in good fun. Yes. No, but, uh... No, I can neither confirm nor deny... The immigrants love Nate Danielson. Because of the funds. The Westman, uh, Westman Immigration Services Donation Fund. Yeah. So every, wait, every goal is $100? How many goals do you score this year? Nate Danielson? Yeah. Uh, 30... Three. So, 3,300. Yeah, 3,300 for immigrant services because of Nate Danielson's scoring. That's like rent for two families for like a month. Yeah. Hey, 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 every bit counts, okay? I know, but that's just... I know, it's not a mind-blowing amount. No, girl, like, you know who they needed to get? It should be a fucking mind-blowing amount. No, 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 no. You know who they should have got? They should have got fucking kind of a dad to fucking get that one going. <laughs> Who's and thinking then, that bet? And then after, and then after, <laughs> and then after, it'd been like, fine. No, no, but the, but they would have well, not if, been if, happy if, about I don't that. Know, if, you get a, if you get a big enough, like, Organization that they just don't, they can. Nah, you know what? Screw it. No, no, no. Imagine being a sponsor for their team this year. No, no, no. Screw that. Yeah, going to their game might have been an investment. You show up, you get the, like, you sit in the lower seats, you get all the. Oh my god, this is 50 at this Brandon Lee Kings game. $66,980. That is more, that is more than what I've seen at Habs games. That is insane. Nice. That is the Connor Bedard. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, uh, you know what? No, no. New regular season attendance record. Oh yeah. Really now you know what? I take back the Bedard thing. They should no, no that that the Westman the immigration. They should have just gone to the Winnipeg Ice and just been like yes, and then and then they'll just they'll just like rack up a sh- little money every single goal that team scores. I don't know if you're like some big like heart and stroke foundation, you can just like use it as a tax write off. You go. We'll we'll pay a hundred dollars. We'll we'll donate a hundred dollars for every Connor Bedard goal. Who's donating that money? Yeah, that's exactly but what I was about to ask you. You get you get so many donations as heart and stroke that you can just write it off. I think you could. Like I don't understand what you mean. Like where's that money coming from, Stu? Like yeah, I think you have to get it sponsored by like a company, like yeah, like yeah, Coca Cola sponsoring. Yeah. They will get money too. Well, they they have tons of sponsors already. Not that, that I'm could just... affiliated with Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> they have. Tons I mean, if they wanna, if like, they hey, if they wanna partner with us, Real Housewives of Hockey <laughs> wouldn't mind Coca-Cola. They have like. I hey, know, hey, I'm hey! Let me say I'm this for sponsorship-wise. All right, look, 
I'd take Coca-Cola any day over Pepsi. I know that's a... Mm, Shout out know. to my friend from Atlanta, Georgia. He's got that, uh, that Coke connection, you know? That's true, that's true. I bit, I, hey, I, I, I tour Coca-Cola World, alright? Alright? I'm a real fan. Alright, give me that, give me that sponsorship. Alright. Kevin is deeply invested in this game that he's watched for the, probably the third time now. The first time was watching Nate Danielson, the second time was watching Quinn Manti. Honestly, if you, the funny part is the other defense. Oh, oh, so oh, what a save by the Pats goalie there. A dive. He looked like Cam Ward out there, man. Oh, shut it. That's a, that's that's a, a good reach. That's a good throw. There. That's what I told you, right? Exactly. That's a good reach. Hey, 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 I know what's up, okay? That was a good pass. That was one of like, my first. That was a good pass. I yeah. used to have a Cam Ward poster in my bedroom. Oh, goalies who are really good at handling the puck in the CHL. I don't know if he's got NHL potential, but Brett Brochu of uh, London. Yeah, London, yeah. He, he, I've never seen a goalie, like, he's Carey Price. He just comes out to play the puck every single chance he gets. That goalie has ADHD, I swear. Like, <laughs> that goalie has ADHD. He's like a sixth, or a third defenseman. He just sees a puck and he's like, ooh. Lanky, ooh, ooh. sniffing defenseman. No, like, he comes out even when there's just no need for it. It's just... The defenseman's like Does round he hit? Does he hit? Brett Brochu? No, I haven't seen him. Okay, that's what he's gotta pick up. <laughs> but he oh he's he's just He has to, to go boss man mentality on, on, on the other and on the, he's on having like a other team. Really, he's gotta go Arendell. He's <laughs> actually having a really good playoff. So no, no, he just fakes it. Ooh. Dell does it. Here, here's a good guy, here's a good little segment. There you go. Let's try to think about who Who does it? Who is the goalie for the World Junior team next year? For, for which country? Canada. Of course. Thomas Millish? No, he's in the 20s. Too old. Oh, sorry, for the UA, uh, was it U, U20s? U20, yeah. Oh, um, that's a good question. Uh, how old is uh, Scott Scott Ratzlaff, or, or Isaac, whatever, Rat, the guy on the uh, Thunderbirds? He's wait, partnered wait. with Millish. Can I say one thing just up, up front? Levi, no fucking way. Next. <laughs> Ooh, Ratzlaff is draft eligible. That's what I'm saying. Oh. That's what uh, I'm he's, had a, he's had a bit of a rough stretch though, but he is—he seems to be ranked in the top ninety. So I would expect him to be at least a second or third round pick in fantasy oh, drafts. This year's fantasy draft for goalie is going to be kind of fun, just because whoever drafts the first one is—it's it, going to be a bit of a game of chicken. A ripple effect. Yeah, it's yeah. going to set off the chain. Uh, I like I think it's there's going to be teams that are like kind of hesitant to take one. But you know someone's probably gonna do it. Not late. this motherfucker here. I think someone's doing it late in the first. Not this not motherfucker here. Not me. I'm not taking a goal. No, I'm not you taking don't a goal in the first. first round picks. <laughs> I definitely. I do. Oh yeah, you guys do. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You know what, Riley? Let's let's just let's just let's just turn the world upside down and let's just take draft goalies one two in this draft. <laughs> All right, Bedard, Fantelli, who needs them? We're about to get goalies that are gonna dominate. <laughs> Trey Augustine, come to the team. In six. No, years. we're just gonna get Trey Augustine, Thomas Miller. There you go. Done. Oh, Which, by the way, but Thomas. Do I, but do I trade my, oh. this pick for Tage Thompson? Can uh, Can someone explain to me why? It's better Thomas than Millich the other one. <laughs> it's better than the other one. <laughs> is, is, is Thomas Millich still a free agent in our league? I think he is. Yeah, but no one can pick any. No one can't pick. Yeah, because you locked it. Don't Don't abuse this, Kamesh. No, I didn't. Holy I can pick um, him up. Wait, wait. You can. That means everyone else should have free free reign to go pick him up then. Yeah, I see that little smirk on your face. You're get, being held Why? accountable in the recording right now. If you cut it out, I will. Wire. I will complain. If you cut this out, I will complain. I'm I will. I will veto that move. This is a live wire. I'm threatening you with a freaking veto. 
Alright, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that he is, in fact, a free agent in our league. Now, okay, I'm just... The other thing is, if you have a player who is not affiliated with an NHL team, this is for people in Dynasty League 32, if you have, an, if you have a prospect who is not either signed to an entry-level contract or has not been drafted, they can stay on your roster until... I think it'll be like July 2nd or July 3rd, which is when we're holding our entry, lap, our entry draft. So once we have our entry draft, if your player hasn't been drafted or signed to an entry-level deal, you have to drop them. But if they get signed or drafted, you're fine. Keep them on your team. So Thomas Milich technically is fair game, I guess, until... That reminds me of a player I need to go get right now. <coughs> Wait, yeah. can we go pick guys up right now? Um, I'm not 100% it's not, it's, uh, sure. Let not me great see. Podcast because, uh, you know, you know, see. Just, just, something just called me, uh, competitive edge. Just give me one second. Just, Fuck, just, he's already picked. Hold the phones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no surprise. Tons of Have there been any roster moves in the last few days? Like, I don't see no, any it's other... been, I, I got a notification it's restricted. Is it? Yeah. Okay, good. What the fuck? Wait, hold, <laughs> hold, hold the, phone. the phone. Did I even see this? <laughs> yep. I was watching the exact same thing. Okay, it comes a little bit later, but you'll see. You'll know. Because I went back 15. Okay, watch. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. That's why he's going, and that's why he's a top pick right there. That that was <laughs> he's awesome. Like, he looked like shit elsewhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's redeemed himself in my books. No, that was just baller. So that, that was baller. That's the perfect way to put so it. So for Brian. the record, you want to? Who wants to explain? Yeah, what yeah, let's, let's nah, you, you do it. I'll get. I'll let you no, do Stu, it. No, Stu, you wanna? Or sorry, you wanna explain what happened? That was pretty awesome. <laughs> that was sick. Okay, so the goalie. What's his name? Carson Bjornsson. Carson Bjarnason. Bjorn. Bjorn. So the, the Bjornster. <laughs> Bjorn Berg. So the Bjornster. The Bjornster uh, grabbed the puck from behind the net, uh, wrapped it with his stick angled over top the puck, and then kind of pulled it behind him while skating back in front of his net. It w- looked so cool. Like, you could have put sunglasses over top of him. Had, like, some... I, I will clip that and put that into the, the prospects chat for tomorrow. Ooh. With what? Him with sunglasses on with that? <laughs> yeah. You can get that on? Like, have some, like... Old nineties oh. rap music playing, oh, you know? Oh, the thug oh, life. Oh, oh, go back, go back. Fifteen seconds. Yes, sir. Fifteen seconds, please. Nate Danielson driving the net, getting out wide again. Oh, everything he does is just magical. Look at that. Look at that. They laid a nice pass in there too. I know. Like to get it to him. Vision. The only thing is I wish you I wanna go back on that play again. I wish he had a bit more willingness to shoot. He does not put the puck on net enough. So, this little chip pass is actually what gets it, like, the speed he gets on the pass. It's nice. Oh, I know. And you just see him, like, the, the defender has no chance on that. I will say, don't shoot on that one. No, obviously yeah. not. I agree with you, though. But his, if you look at his actual shooting numbers, he, he does not put the puck on that enough. And it's a bit of a, it's not a concern. That, that can change. That's a, that's a pretty easily breakable habit. Does he play with anyone who is a shooter? <laughs> um... Ryder Rorsma. Oh, actually, he does have he does have some really good young players on his team, if I'm not mistaken. It's it's a really 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 young team, mm. and I hope he plays there next year, just because that'll be even more fun. To I gel. This kid seems. He's ready for the NHL, in my opinion. Oh, actually, wow, he averaged seventy-one forty-one. 
the Iron Shuffle score shots a game, so I might have to shut my nose. It just seems like in all the games I watch, he just he has more opportunities to shoot. <coughs> he take well, he also likes to hang close to the net, so he gets some like rebound stuff. So he's not taking the shots from it's, far out sometimes because he's in the right spots. When I watch Danielson, the things that I notice are that he drives possession. Like he's really good with the puck on his stick, but it's his vision when he has the puck on his stick. He he finds passing lanes and he finds players that I don't even like. I wouldn't even think to make that pass as someone watching. So something that you we haven't mentioned yet that I've noticed from, out of him. Yeah. What he does off the puck that's incredible too, oh, and that's yeah. what makes him so nice. Is like he sets himself up for good areas. He goes to the net. He puts himself, like, I know we talked about the right spot thing for the, like, first goal that he scored there, but he's always doing that. He likes to be a close support option sometimes. Just always is thinking. He's going to end up having a grade above 75, probably, because the only thing that I can see being below a 7 would be his shooting. Like, I think I would take Danielson 1 last year out of forwards. Yeah, like, I wouldn't have taken Danielson above Cooley. I think Cooley's okay. Gonna, he's more that, dynamic. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. I 100%. Sorry, I, mean, I, I think, I think Danielson's Cooley. really solid all around, and I like his game if you're getting him in like that 10 to 15 range. If if you if you take him in the top 10, I don't blame you. Yeah, like, I would do it if yeah. I had the option. No, but if you're if you're a team that's drafting and 10 I'm, to 15 and you get Danielson, and here's that the, could if, be a really great thing. Mike, if, if you could trade Eric Carlson and get this kid, I'm in. In the next month or two, if I am talking to you in this in Dynasty League 32. And I'm trying to move into the top, like, 12. Assume it's probably for Nate Danielson. And I'm not sure why everyone seems to have him ranked in that 25 range. Like, I don't get it. It kind of confuses me. It's for those people that don't have faith in that, I guess. I don't know. No, and it's... I've, And that's the thing. Like, I've watched quite a bit of him. I've watched quite a bit of the players in front of him. Like, everyone has Quentin Musty ranked in front of him. Don't get it. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. He's there. Like D- Danielson has similar size. He's maybe like twenty pounds less, but the skating. The skating is a complete different level. He's his play speed is significantly faster. <coughs> Processing vision is better. The shooting is a little bit where I would might be less <coughs> on the edge. So on the sorry, I just want to speak to like where he's being like touted to go. Yep. Uh, according to like elite prospects, they have some rankings here. So. NHL Central scouting has him ranked at seven. Some have him high, and then no, no, that's, that's NHL Central. So that's just North American. Yeah. yeah, and that is also like that is that is the only one that's that high. There is McKean's hockey at eight. I don't know them that well. Like TSN Bob is fifteen. The Hockey News is twenty three. Daily Face Off eighteen, eighteen, twenty six, fifteen, fourteen, sixteen, thirty three, from Dober. Yeah, so, okay, I, I maybe it's all the, the people that I have on Twitter that I follow who are in that kind of the Montreal Canadiens sphere of Twitter. They all seem to have him ranked in the 20s. Maybe you guys are trying to sneak into Ooh, Was that Spozo? Picking him up. Oh, yeah, that was a tip-in by Connor Bedard. Oh, that's Spozo, right? Yeah, yeah, 11, okay. Yeah, the shot was by Spozo. Yeah, yeah, no, that looked like Spozo, okay, yeah. So you'll see here, like, this is what I like about Bedard. He, he affects the game in a lot of different ways. No, that wasn't Spozo, that was someone else. It's 40. Was eleven. And if you look at this play, you'll actually Bird. see like Nate Danielson okay. was defending. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of different things in this play. Go back a little bit again because it's it's better to watch in real time as opposed to a replay. Ooh. Ooh. Oh yeah, yo, Bedard's fucking freaking. Look, he's not afraid of contact. Yeah. Like that's something. Yeah. Okay. So you'll see, um, Bedard right here is camped out. He's the one right in front of the net. 
Yeah, yeah. No one near him. Yeah, so you'll see Nate Danielson will end up getting into the screen soon. I don't know how far he went back here, but we'll see what happens. Okay, good. Yeah. So now you'll see Bedard's got some. He's got some bodies on him naturally because it's Connor Bedard. Yeah. So you got two bodies right glued next to you, which is awesome because it creates space for other players. All right. So you'll see here. He's got Nate Danielson draped on his back. Yep. And he still manages to get the tip. Yeah. That's that's the really good thing about Bedard. Like he's he he finds ways to affect the game even if he doesn't have the puck on his stick. But I, I still look at that play and I go, Nate Danielson's doing the right shit. Oh yeah, like no. like so like at the same like he's like, pissed. He was pissed too. Yeah. He was like, I did everything right and he still scored. Yeah, and that's just like that's why Bedard is going first overall and Nate Danielson is probably going to go in like the eight to fifteen range. But I look at a play like that and I go, yeah, he probably does that to a lot of NHL players. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like like I look at Nate Danielson on that play. I'm like, he does that to a lot of NHL players. Not. The game breakers. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's who's still up at the end. No, but, but that, that's such a that's yeah. such a good observation. What you guys are talking about, like, there's just those little moments. That's what makes the superstar superstar. They yeah. can. That's all they need. There's just that little quick snap, like just that quick moment, and that's it. Done. <laughs> oh my god! Whoever whoever is in charge of putting these clips in, it's hilarious. <laughs> the best part too is yeah, that was a home. That was the home team too. Yeah. So they're just like, uh, they have a good sense of humor. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and it's it, it was perfect too because like they played Bedard so well the entire game like he got a, he got an assist on a crappy crappy goal that shouldn't have happened yeah and then he gets a goal and a tip on a well defended play and it's, you're just like shaking your head like we're gonna lose and we did everything right. no I mean he scored in like the last two minutes of the game too yeah the five skaters on the ice did it right yeah Carson Bjarnason little Bjorn. <laughs> But yeah. it was a tip, though. It was a tip. And on it that was one. No, 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 nothing on that, that one. That was a generational tip. Nothing on that one. <laughs> nothing on that goal. That's a generational tip. <laughs> but the other... The you heard it here <laughs> firsthand on windmill hockey. You're that women? His tip is generational. <laughs> and hey, hey, All right, hey. I'm not, I'm hey. not partaking in that. Sorry. Also, Jesus. we hear about his wrist strength, right? <laughs> you hear about the dark's wrist strength? <laughs> Where, like, actually? Yeah, of course. <sighs> oh boy. What time are you grabbing muffler? No rush, I just forgot when to expect you. Alright, boys. The ladies are wondering when I'm getting my dog. Well, it's up to you. This is a problem we must solve on the podcast. <laughs> oh shit! Well, you're at six forty, so Yo, you, you might oh, need to get the meter. Oh, again. sorry, oh. I, I gotta say, like right, right now, Bunting's been suspended three games. Three games? Oh, oh that's that's bullshit. <coughs> the Leafs have actually like they're called soft, and yet they have been suspended how many times in the last every single series, right? Yeah. Kyle Clifford last year. That's okay. true. Sorry, back to back. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, good, yeah, good, yeah. Muffler? What time are you heading out? Yeah. Oh, well, uh, we have to head back to Kingston, so we're probably going to start heading out now. So. All right, wrap it up. And, uh, yeah, so there's a minute left in the game. If there's anything we gleaned from this game, it's that uh, Quinn Manti, my defender, that I kind of like in the fifth round, uh, didn't really do anything of note. No, what? two other defensemen from the Wheat uh, Kings that look great. Yeah, although they're both overagers, so I wouldn't necessarily put a huge stop. Yeah, you can, I think you can kind of tell when, they, when yeah. you watch them play after. 
Yeah, it's it's a, if you watch a whole game, it's like there's a few plays that stand out. Also, look at Nate Danielson here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Great shot. Oof. I mean, took the guy down. Great defensive play. That's that's just. I feel like you know he's gonna come in the so he, like people aren't gonna know like just casual fans are gonna know who the hell heck this guy is when he comes in the NHL. People are like, who the hell is this kid? Oh, he's gonna be a first round pick in the top half. Yeah. He's gonna be like Josh Norris. You're gonna know. You're going to know who he is. That, he's going to be like Josh That's Jones. what I'm saying, though. I think it's going to end up being something like that. The thing is, this year's draft, everyone's just going to be talking about three players or four players. And that's why. Oh, and, and, and that's why there's going to be five now. or ten for, But for now. But that's what I'm now. saying. When he makes the show and uh, like... What was the 2015 draft? Yeah. Probably the same way. Yeah. Right? Didn't Look at how many guys in the, mid, in the in the mid rounds, or like of the first that, that went, right? Like Barzell, Connor, Besser. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, Brock Besser. Like, just go down <laughs> the list. It's insane. Oh, oh my! Oh my God! There's like a freaking team scrum here. Jeez, <laughs> not line, like not line brawl. Team scrum. Jeez. They, they it's not are fair though. There's an entire team against five guys. Yep. That's and Nate fair. Danielson's taking on two guys. That just tells you everything you need to know. Two guys and a ref. That's just that's compete right there. No, no, no. They just that's, did. They just did the Russian method. That's throw throw bodies a, out there. Overwhelm your your enemies. That is a hundred percent worthy of a uh, nine out of ten grade, which is outstanding on my prospect grade sheet. By Bateman. No, so oh, okay. I have it's a one, which is a not NHL prospect. Two, which is like poor, or two is like terrible. Three is poor. Four is below average. Five is average. Six is above average. Seven is good. Eight is great. Nine is outstanding. Ten is. A perfect prospect. I'm surprised I remembered all that. Nice. The only 10 that you will see in this entire draft is Connor Bedard shooting. It's the only one. Nobody else is worth even almost close to a 9 in anything. Jaden Perron got an 8.5 on shooting. Damn. He's good. You gotta yeah. watch clips. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jaden Perron really is, is severely underrated mm -hmm. by, by Bob McKenzie. I don't... No, like, honestly, like, dude, I could see a team where, like, they sleep on him and, like, he could break Braden Point. Yeah. yeah. Braden Point. Like, okay. He's, he's dynamic. How does he compare to Matt Coronado shooting? Because I know Coronado's been touted for shooting. I haven't been able to watch much Coronado because okay. the NCAA is really hard to watch. Uh, I think Coronado is a better pure shooter. I think Jaden Perron is good on, like, deception and, like... Oh, he's so deceptive. In that sense. Does that make sense? That's going to be fun on Just to kind of give you, like, I'm, a I'm picturing, like, Aaron Carlson, like, back there. Perron yeah. played on a line with Nick Moldenauer and Max Celebrini, and Celebrini was the... Okay, like, Celebrini's gen... He's not generational, but he's... He's not he's far behind. No, he's going to be an elite player in the NHL. Yeah, this guy, this guy's so freaking talented. Yeah, exactly. And then he has Moldenauer, who looks like a really, really, really good third round pick for the, the Leafs. So you can be excited for that, Leafs fans. So Jaden Perron, he was the trailer on in transition. He wasn't necessarily driving the play, but when he was on the power play, you really see him because when he has puck possession, guys are just so afraid of him shooting that he ends up like once he once he dip, like fakes the shot and he. And his passing is really, really, really good. There's not much in his game I don't like. He plays really well defensively. He's solid on the penalty kill. I, like, there's no... I, I don't know. The way we're talking about Danielson, like a bigger guy that's that's good, I don't know why Jaden Perron's not playing well, out. especially when Zach Benson's getting the amount of love that he's getting. Zach Benson plays the game at a frigging turbo yeah. bunny speed that's no, just hilarious. He looks like right? a squirrel. Zach Benson, yeah, he's like a squirrel. Yeah. It's 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 just amazing to watch. Yeah. He's so fast. He's so dynamic. Yeah. He plays the game. He plays the game at a whole different pace yeah. than almost anyone in this draft. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's. I think he's. I think he's quick, but he's not fast because he doesn't have the separation speed. He Benson. will. 
But yeah, I think he but will. It's, it's his short point. area quickness. That... But no, no, but that's what I'm saying. He's quick. Okay. And but he's I think not, he's... and he and he's not necessarily fast. But like he doesn't have like crazy speed. Yeah, he 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 the can long... fast. Okay, but, but the, the difference with Zach he's Benson... not Oliver Moore fast. No, he isn't Oliver Moore fast right now. But the difference between Oliver Moore. It's and also, Zach... but it's about what you can do at that speed. Too. Yes, and that's the difference. Oh, but but the, but the thing I'm not saying that he's not good, right? Very captain. Awesome speed. Can't do much at that speed. Yeah, there we yeah, go. Yeah, that's, that's go. something that you do not see with Zach Benson. He does not have a problem playing at that speed. What I really think about Zach Benson that's interesting is he's only about 158 pounds, 155 pounds. So you add 15 pounds, just maybe 15, 20 at max, and you're going to get a significant amount of more like lower body power, especially because yeah. like you're not going to just add upper body. No. Like he's a hockey player. No he needs that lower body. Yeah. He's going to get stronger. Look he's he's going to gain speed, and he's going to keep that quickness. If he's he's going to keep that power while also gaining a lot more long speed and power, which to me is like, that just makes his game open up so much more in transition. That's why I think he's the ideal Montreal pick, because if he can get the Lord fucking quad the I, way that fucking Marty St. Louis does, he's going to be There's incredible. going to be a team that will potentially take him before Matt Vymichkov, and I, <coughs> I wouldn't... Would I do it? I don't know, because I think Benson's going to take two years. I think Benson needs at least one year just to get physically at the size he needs to be, and then I think he's going to need another year to potentially just get used to the pro playing, game. And, and playing at the new weight. He, he gets pushed around a little bit. Yep. And that's yeah. the thing that, like, he still dominates, but there are segments where, like, he does get pushed around, and he loses balance, and he's kind of easy to knock off the puck at times. Truba might have fun. Oh, Truba could have so much fun with Zach Benson. If they, like, if a team decided to rush Zach Benson, he could get manhandled. That bitch be empty. But... Neat. He's going to manhandle people in five years. Yeah. So if you take him before Mitchkov and you want a, like a one, maybe a one and a half year sooner return, that's that's where I'd rather just bank on the upside of Mitchkov and the you do probability to, that you're going to get generational. But you do get to get your own mold onto the player earlier with that, which is, says something. True. Yeah. But, I mean, three years in pro hockey, <coughs> Mitchkov isn't going to hurt his development. It's the second best yeah. pro league in the world, so... Yeah. I would argue it's better than the AHL because the AHL is just so bogged down in physical defensive play. There's not much. It's, it's kind of boring to watch. <laughs> Can be. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that was a really good game to watch, and uh, we're almost breaking the two-hour mark here on this podcast. So, I'd like to thank my uh, my guests. Well, my. my well, host, I'd, like my to, I'd like I'd like to thank my guests. My I'd like to thank my I'd like to thank. <laughs> well done, Sarah. Well done. I'd like to thank the people who are hosting me in this wonderful loft. Yeah. That we're gonna call we're gonna call it yeah, a loft. Yeah. Yeah. loft yeah. yeah, that sounds way more suave. That's not the word. But anyways. Bougie? Yeah, sure. Cool. Panache. Debonair. Montreal. Quantity. <laughs> Je parle Francais. Well actually you probably call it like let's see. Is it a four and a half? Yeah. Anyway. The point is this was a great podcast. Mm-hmm. I thank you for letting me come to your humble abode mm-hmm. and ramble. Thanks for the neighborhood. And, uh, yeah, so I have to go get my dog and uh, get a new credit card. So, All right. Yeah. Update, this has been... update the people on your next podcast. Uh, make sure to say what the number is and the pin. Yep. Oh, we'll yeah, be, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be sure to tune in. Yeah, yeah, I was actually like, oh, yeah, the next podcast will be coming up soon and my pin. Um, <laughs> no, it's all. So we'll be, we'll be releasing this one in a bit. Uh, this is, uh, what day is it today? It's Wednesday, April 18th, 19th? One of those two days. Yeah, yeah so, 19th. Yeah. yeah. So we will be recording another episode soon, hopefully, because 
I kind of like talking with these guys, so hopefully they become regulars on the Windmill Dynasty Hockey Podcast. Yeah, and check out our podcast. We're going to be doing a recording tomorrow. Yeah, Real Housewives of Hockey. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, for all my dedicated Dynasty League 32 listeners, uh, make sure to vote on league changes, and uh, yeah, get uh, ready to make some trades and some deals. Pay your league fees. Oh, yeah, that too. Oh, yeah, they have to approve the, the payouts. Oh, that, those will go out on the 20th. Don't okay. worry.